on this episode of the Star Wars Time Show. Matt and Nick will put the Bad Batch Season 1 to bed with their final breakdown and a discussion on its best moments. They'll also begin to speculate on what may unfold in Season 2. After Batch Time, they'll guide you through a few interesting Star Wars news stories such as the hunt for live-action Sabine, Mando's S3 filming date, Star Wars Visions voice cast, Bill Burr's Star Wars hiring, Taika's movie, and the next Disney Plus Day event. If that's not enough Star Wars for you, they'll end with the fan segment featuring fan responses to the question of the week and this week's version of the top five Star Wars fan artist features. Punch it, Chewie. Shit, I guess it's time to start. Hold on. <laughs> the front bumper's been ended for like a minute. <laughs> hey now, everybody. Welcome back to the Star Wars Time Show. It's Matt. It's Nick. It's Nick's cat. And we are all here to talk about that far, far away galaxy. So, you know, we'll wait for the live streamers to trickle in. But Nick, today is a show with purpose uh, we can't really fart around too much like we usually do, and by we, I'm talking about myself and the little mouse that I keep in my pocket, because everyone knows that listens to the SWTS that it's not my good friend Nick that prolongs these episodes. <laughs> it is me. Uh, as some of you have called me in the comments, the main dude, the angry one, the loud one, the silly one. Uh, yeah, I'm the one that likes to talk a lot, uh, and I'm the one that kind of needs to not talk a lot today. Uh, so I'm just going to put it out there right now. I apologize to Nick's fan base in particular. We know he's got some rabid fanboys out there that loves the solo shows because they get to hear Nick in full. I'm not stepping on them, you know, being rude and the the, the asshole that I typically am on uh, the SWTS. So sorry in advance, but there's a good chance that I may be stepping on my friend this week, as I do every week, but this week I'm at least going to acknowledge it at the uh, onset of the program. All yeah, right, next Matt's got some stuff to, to take care of. We're, look, we're <laughs> aiming for a sub-two-hour show here, and that's, that's rare Hopefully. for a duo show. <laughs> so Hopefully. We'll and and, and there, luckily, um, <laughs> our first topic, uh, the Bad Batch finale, w- was kind of flat, so there, isn't, there wasn't a ton to talk about, but there are some, obviously, some, some juicy revelations that we will get into. Um, but as we, we kind of guessed last week after the excellent finale part one and, you know, myself and I even think Nick agreed that, you know, that probably could have been the season finale. It would have left us on a a great cliffhanger, not really knowing what was going to happen to the batch while knowing that they're probably going to get out. But, um, episode 16 was, was flat as Mm -hmm. I think Nick described it earlier, um, but obviously the, the end in particular, uh, the, the goodbye between the batch and crosshairs and the little stinger scene at the end with Nala say, and the confirmed iconic infamous, dare I say legends location, which I failed mentioning in my breakdown because if you're a longtime fan of the SWTS, you know that the legends content is not my 
uh, strong point. But unlike most humans in this day and age, I'm not going to sit here and pretend to be an expert on it. I went and educated myself, just like every one of you should do when you may not understand something like a, I don't know, like a vaccine. Don't worry about what people are telling you on social media. Go and research it yourself. And that's exactly what I did with this pretty major Legends reveal that popped up in the Bad Batch S1E16, a.k.a. Camino Law. So we'll touch on that in the key moments. But, Nick, that was kind of my my opening salvo on the episode itself. Um, I, I, I talked about this in our Discord and, and just before we went live. To me, it feels like Bad Batch took the story approach that that some shows do in that I think Game of Thrones was one of them, too, where they'd kind of shoot their wad in the penultimate episode in terms of like, oh, wow, type of content. Yeah. Maybe close out some of the season's main narrative threads. And then the finale was more of a like, cleanup of what just happened but also uh, kind of you know laying the the tent poles if you will for season two narratives that are going to take place and i feel that's exactly what happened in the bad batch and it's why the finale part two was i, I don't want to say a a sleeper i was still compelled while watching it but fucking a i mean really nothing happened yeah no nothing it, happened that we couldn't have guessed cut and, this um, episode Put and make it the first 15 minutes of the of uh, season two, episode one. Like this episode was 15 minutes too long and it was completely unnecessary to put at the end of season one. It's like I, I was literally watching it. And as I was watching it, I was like, I got presents to wrap for for Taylor's birthday. So I'm going to start wrapping <laughs> presents. Like I was just like, this, there's nothing yeah. happening. Like these fuckers are just under like. Well, first off, I was already upset because I hate episodes that are dark 90 percent of the time. And you like, know what, Nick? We actually had a fan point this out. They're like, you know, I haven't seen content that displayed so darkly lit since the the Game uh, of Thrones episode. The, yeah, <laughs> like the, the, the battle of the of the Night Watch or whatever the, yeah. the, the the finale season where you couldn't see a goddamn thing happening. Yeah. Uh, until the end when Arya jumps out and, and stabs homeboy. So yeah. yeah, so I was like, I was we actually got it. comments on that. I agree with you, commenter, because I was like, it's all dark. They're just fucking escaping. There's no plot progression happening. And I was like, well, fuck this. I got shit to do. But yeah, like my thoughts are you end it. You end it well on episode 15 with the cliffhanger and everything that you just mentioned. And then you bring this into season two. Then you have like, the, oh, my God, how are they going to get out? You speed that bullshit up in the middle and then you have 15 minutes at the back end of your episode to actually like, OK, this is where the batch goes and this is how they're going to start to progress their journey throughout season two. I thought it was honestly really fucking disappointing. And I know that you mentioned there are other shows that do like, you know, these these kind of cleanup episodes. But I was like, man, even like even cleanup episodes and other shows have a little bit more content yeah yeah i mean them. hey come on I, I i didn't come out and say this was an amazing cleanup yeah, episode no. I, I was just trying to lay down i think that's what the writers were yeah. doing here you, you know let's let's kind of give them that big bang in the penultimate and then we'll uh slow things down but yeah i agree with you man it was a little too slow uh, but like I said, the, the the final five minutes or so where you final, you have the last goodbye between the gang and then the uh, Nala Stinger there, that 
that's really the only meat that this episode offered up. Yeah. Uh, so that, that, that's kind of our take. But, you know, we're not going to shortchange you just because I want to do things quick. I will still go through some of the eggs references and key moments, but um, there were hardly any of them, at least the eggs and references. <laughs> this is one. Um, in fact, there would have been two. Like I said, I yeah, mean, I'll, the- I'll, I'll sit there. I, I fucked up the legend stuff. All right. Tones, we'll give him his credit. He was the one kind of kicking those tires on Friday in our Discord. Please join. If you want to follow uh, follow along with the SWTS community in between shows, you can find our Discord link on our Instagram at Star Wars Time Show. Uh, but Tones picked up on the uh, a massive Legends reference that I, I clearly missed. I mean, I made a big deal about the facility that Nala ends up at, and I'm not going to lie, when I saw the beautiful landscape shot of those mountains i was like huh i probably should know what this place is it seems like it's going to be important (laughs) but nah you know me i'm i was never down with the legends because i don't like to read i'm I'm specifically not down with them now because they are legends they mean nothing to the new canon and i am ocd when it comes to canon so fuck them but it was a huge miss it has been confirmed by the official lucasfilm people uh so i'll i'll mention it here but really the 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 huge reference we got was the scientist that nala say uh kind of meets up with in her new life of servitude for the empire and if you notice which i know a lot of you diehards did hey big amish welcome back uh, she is wearing the same fucking lab outfit as our buddy, Mr. One Ear himself, <laughs> Dr. Pershing. Yeah. So uh, clearly, Nick, we, we've gotten an answer that you and I have kind of been asking for. All right. Well, even last week, we're like, well, shit, <laughs> uh, we just kind of figured they the, the Empire just took over Camino and that's where Pershing came from. But when they blew the fuck out of Topicoa City, you know, I kind of kind of put the... Uh, the kibosh on that idea but now we know uh pershing more than likely was w- working at this same facility uh, i know i kind of put it out there hey maybe he's related to this lady maybe it's his mom who knows i mean it doesn't fucking matter everyone doesn't have to be related in star wars but the key word here is or, or the key point is we are getting the tie-ins that you know maybe some of you wanted maybe some of you didn't want uh, but but this scientist, the location, which I'll bring up next, it all but confirms the Bad Batch is here to create stronger connections to the Mandalorian and the Rise of Skywalker in terms of the cloning subplots that both of them featured. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. there's no ifs, ands, or buts anymore, right, Nick? This is it. We're going to see how the Empire got into cloning, probably working on the, uh, the, the, the Snoke puppets, the clone zombies, and who knows what else they're doing, because we actually... If you remember a story time from a month or two ago in one of the Darth Vader issues, when uh, he goes to Exegol and he sees what the Emperor's up to, right there, Palpatine's saying, hey, motherfucker, I got Luke's hand and we're using it to make shit, to clone shit out of Luke's hand. So clearly... The introduction of uh, Nalase's servitude, what she can do with cloning, her abilities, and this facility, which has scientists wearing the same gear as Pershing, who is after Grogu, with the hopes of getting force-infused blood to do what? Clone shit with. Yep. Uh, it, it was a pretty big connection to sequel Star Wars. Yeah. Mando Star Wars. Yeah, it's it's pretty big. It's very obvious now, like, 
clearly what Pershing was wearing was just the Imperial cloning unit suit or something like that. That's just yeah, their yeah. their logo. Um, yeah, for some reason they they co-opted the the Camino uh, uh, symbols or whatever because yeah. that's just what the Empire does. They're they, they, you know you commit a little genocide and then steal all their good shit and and use it as your own. Yeah. So um, yeah, I mean we're gonna heavily go into cloning. So for all of you who fucking hated the cloning angle and uh, Rise of Skywalker and stuff like that. Heads up. That's right. That's right where we're going. Yeah, baby. I mean, <laughs> at the, you're right, Nick. And I don't know if this is like um, Filoni's reaction to Tross pretty much treating Palpatine's return as a complete mystery. Like, oh, my God, how's he back? Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and Filoni's going, well, you guys put that out there now. So I guess now I'm going to have to actually make it try to make sense. And here we go. And I mean, that's what um, he is. He's the ultimate Star Wars janitor. <laughs> like. George Lucas <laughs> essentially like that, yeah. just fucking shits all over the walls with the prequels. And then Filoni <laughs> has to come in and clean it up. And the he's same the thing. Custodian. Yeah. He's the custodian of the Star Wars universe. Now yeah. he's not, he's not, it's guardian. He is the custodian. <laughs> yeah. I like that. Nick, very astute. Yes. <laughs> Cleaning up the shit of the creators before him. Yeah, exactly. So now that's what he's doing here. But uh, yeah, I mean, so, Matt, do you want to hit him with the big Legends reveal? So what is I this will. place? Well, fuck. I mean, <laughs> like I said, I had to, I had to study up because when Tones is throwing that shit out, and we actually had uh, uh, one of our regular YouTube subs that always watch my video and, and leaves comments. I believe it's Ward Lafferty. Thank you, my man. Uh, but I'm thinking he's probably another elder statesman of Star Wars. But he was one of the first to leave a comment on my video, which, hey, Make sure you're subbed, youtube.com, find the Star Wars Time Show. Um, Friday videos are going to go away, but maybe it'll leave me time to start cooking up some other random shit. But, but you know, give us a watch, give us a sub. But uh, Ward's like, is this, was that Wayland? And I'm like, okay, well, shit, I probably, I missed something for sure. And then Tone comes in, he's like, was that, was that Wayland? I'm pretty sure that is Wayland, and it's got to be Tantus, it's got to be Tantus, Tantus, <laughs> Tantus, Tantus. I'm like, Oh fuck! What am I missing here? Like I start panicking. I'm like, Jesus! What I? How did I miss this? I, I I'm Matt Haywood. I know everything about Star Wars. And then I, I realized it was Legends content and had to uh, do some searching. But what we're talking about here is the facility that they end up at in the end of the Bad Batch is from what many consider to be some of the best Legends content out there. And and that is Timothy Zahn's heir to the Empire. Was it was it a trilogy or just a yeah. series of books? Um, but it is. It, it was Wayland, uh, albeit spelled like the alien version of Wayland these days. So if you you can see here, if you're on the E-Y. live stream, yeah, this comes right from StarWars.com. So this is official confirmation that that Tones and all of you other Legends junkies were correct when you popped your little chubbies when you saw this <laughs> mountainous Imperial location. Uh, it is Wayland, but like I said, they, they spell it W-E-Y instead of A-Y, which is, I think, how Zahn spelled it. And it is indeed Mount Tantis. All right, like I said, if you're on the live stream, you can see the proof. It's right there in the bottom left of that uh, concept diagram. Uh, so why is this important? Well, I, like I said, I had to educate myself, and I actually had to remind young Nick. I was surprised that... Uh, he was not in the know on this. I guess, you know, uh, the, the Zahn stuff was kind of early 90s 
And I don't think my friend was quite a Star Wars junkie at that point <laughs> yeah. in time. I started reading a little bit later, but I, I mean, I've read the books, but it, it like it honestly, like, like completely just, it, it didn't even occur. Well, like, even close. I mean, honestly, outside of the, the, the slight change in spelling for the planet, it seems to me that the Bad Batch is honoring what was put forth in the legend novels, at least yeah. what Mount Tantus was used for. And it is an Imperial cloning facility, among other things. Uh, I believe in the novels, Thrawn used it heavily. He, he used it to clone people t- for his armadas. Uh, it was ultimately used to clone evil Luke in legends by some other goofy dark Jedi like Chaboth or Chahawa. I don't know their names. Didn't really care to learn them because in the end, it doesn't fucking matter. Bad Batch will be paving over all of that legends stuff at this point, which, which I enjoy, but I, I do, I do appreciate, especially for the legends fanboys and girls, what bad batch is doing here. And, and Filoni has done it, do, uh, done it in his other work too, where he does provide tips of the hat to legends, if not pulls them out of legends and recanonizes them, albeit with slight alterations to the, uh, uh, to what was originally put forth in the now considered legend material. So yeah. uh, pretty cool that, you know, that, that, they, that they do that. They haven't completely abandoned the legend stuff like some of you thought they were going to do. It's just taken a little longer for them to kind of peel some of the layers back. Like, hey, guys, you know, it's not like uh, they're not trying to blow their load all at once for the legend stuff. It's, it's yeah. like a slow drip. And I think it's it's working out quite well for the people that enjoy this stuff because... Like I said, Nick, the buzz around town, at least for the the super legend nerds, was holy shit, they did it. Mount Tannis is back in canon, so yeah. I can appreciate their enthusiasm. <laughs> it means something big to them. It's going to mean something big in Bad Batch. I mean, like I said, this is where we're going to see the the cloning, probably the Force cloning, the early parts of of Snoke, maybe other Imperial cloning programs that we still haven't even heard about that you know were kind of killed early because they failed. Uh, but th- there it is. Mount Tantus is now recanonized, and so is the planet of Wayland, and containing the dark sorcery of the Imperial cloning uh, 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 brigade. How's yeah, that? it's nice. It's nice that they brought it back. I could have done without it or with it. It really doesn't matter to me because honestly, like it, it feels like that's what it, it was pure fan service, like a little bit too much, honestly, and that's what people kind of bitched about in the sequels it's like it's it's fan service is fine when it's you know they don't want to be mad at the filmmakers uh but if they want to be mad at the filmmakers then fan service is garbage because honestly we already had a cloning facility we already had a cloning facility that was introduced to us in new canon and it was on navarro like you already had that literally built into your story so well, I don't hell, know Nick, why. They, they even showed us they even showed us in bad batch season one that the caminoans had another secret cloning facility yeah it's remember just, where that, that big fight between cad fennec and, and yeah. getting omega back so it's it's you had other avenues and this like you know i'm sure that'll be cool and i'm sure that they'll use it well but like honestly the only reason they did it was for fan service i like i like i said i can do with or without it because i don't think that the storyline or the plot line would have changed if you were on mount tanis or if you were in navarro at the cloning facility that we had a direct link to in Mandalorian. Um, so, I mean, I don't really 
give two shits whether or not this is in the show. It's just it does feel like it's it's almost purely fan service because we already had so many oh, other. I'm surprised. I mean, look at this. Nick's Nick's starting to get a little angry, like yours truly here. I, I thought like, Nick would be like, "Hey, all puppy dogs and ice cream over this." He's pretty much telling you fanboys to go fuck yourselves. I I, I like it. It's fine, <laughs> but it's just also like it would be different if there if we hadn't seen another cloning facility already, right. and and one that was yeah. that we were already linked to. Like we knew that the cloning facility on Navarro was important. We saw experimentation happening there and we had everything yeah. that was going on with the Mandalorian, like so linked to that facility. And, you then know, I you mean, have the you do have to a, do it and you, you just, do have a point. You do have a point because that would have been an even stronger tie to Mando. But I mean, do you think that Navarro is something that the remnant kind of took off and did on their own you know may maybe Waylon gets fucking blasted by the new republic early on and they and that's why the there, navarro facility pops up i don't it is think kind of tiny i mean they only had uh, you know a few tubes in there yeah just try yeah. to play devil's advocate yeah. don't kill i mean me. it's it's me. possible but i don't think that they would have built an entire facility they wouldn't have had the resources to like build a, a whole facility as the remnant right unless it was like an no. abandoned base that they just took over um yeah i mean you're right it, from what we saw of it it was relatively small um but i just feel like that like if we're gonna just look at like canon stuff and good ways to link together the current running properties i think that it would have been better to add in navarro but then yeah. again no i mean yeah. you're not wrong we also have to remember that the empire we're seeing in Mando is not the empire yeah. we're seeing now it, it's like the the true nut jobs that are still out there like doing Hal Hitler's to Palpatine zombie somewhere. I mean, they're not uh, the same functioning faction that they are at the, uh, clearly, at the beginning of their genesis. I mean, you could argue by the end of, of Bad Batch, this is the Empire approaching its heights of, of power and, and uh, galactic oh, yeah. domination. Absolutely. It, it's taken the cloning facilities away from the galaxy. Every planet it essentially had Republic forces on are now occupied by those forces. I mean, it's on like popcorn, as we like to say. Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's. Uh, I think you're. I, I I don't think you're wrong. I think it would have been at least for someone like me. I would have caught it. It wouldn't have gone so far over my head. I'd be like, "Hey, Navarro, I got that one. I'm smart. I know my Star Wars." <laughs> um, but yeah, the 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 Mount Tantis stuff, like I said, did did go over pretty well. For the legends, people. So unlike Nick, I'm not going to whip out my weenie and piss in your Cheerios right now. I'll let you have your moment. <laughs> All right, dude. Let's um, go through a few of the key moments here. And, and as Nick said, you can tell if you're on the live stream from the screenshots how fucking dark this episode was. Not tonally, visually dark. Uh, but to me, and, and this is just, I think this is a, a, a plot point that is going to be expanded on. We've already talked about it. But right there at the beginning, anyone notice the trepidation in the red clone's voice when he's like, um, yeah, we just blew it all the fuck up, Rampart. <laughs> you, you, you good, man? Please don't kill me. You know, it was like <laughs> that red clone did not seem so thrilled about being a part of uh, annihilating his place of Genesis. Yeah. Uh, and this goes back to Hauser, and um, I think Bat brought it up here, and I, I will touch on it, Bat. But there's a there's a pretty good uh, article over on StarWars.com between uh, Dan, their main writer, and uh, was it Jennifer and Brad, the the series uh, writers, showrunners, whatever. 
and and they kind of talk about Hauser and the clones that still have chips. And yes, they still have the chips, but as they showed through Hauser that uh, some of the clones still have free will and know what the Empire's doing is wrong. And it just felt like this reg wasn't as uh, forceful with his beliefs as a Hauser was, but it's still clear that clones are either going to be like Crosshair and fully commit to the Empire, or they're going to be like the Bad Batch and Hauser and kind of uh, make a stand. And, and like I said, the writers kind of made it sound like that is going to be explored even further in season two, naturally. And I still think there we're ripe in this show to see some form of clone revolt and ultimate uh, genocide of the clone forces. Yeah. Um, yeah. The Empire is not going to let them mill around for too long once they all start realizing like, hey, this is fucked up because uh, I believe there's going to be more housers than crosshairs in the legions of clones that are out there serving the Empire. Yeah. I wonder how the chips work, too. It's like since they just destroyed all of Kamino, was there like some sort of uplink that would like, you know, like send them over the air updates like, OK, still hate these people, but also hate these it's, people. You know, Nick, the the writers didn't address it that way, but they they kind of make it sound like the chip truly was just for the, its Order sixty six yeah. functionality to wipe out the Jedi. Period. Yeah, and then after that, it's just like, well, they should be loyal to you because you've trained them right. and all the other stuff. But you know, it's kind of up to them. What they do. <laughs> yeah, they they made it sound like, and again, they they proved it through the show and Hauser. I mean, yes, you are going to see clones like that that. You know, they, they've been well beyond the Order 66. They're seeing what's going down and the chip is not meant to just make them a complete robot like we thought. It was kill Jedi, follow orders. Well, uh, they can break free of that. Yeah. All right. Other key moments here. I mean, Omega saving Crosshair and then the reciprocal at the end to show that, hey, even though this guy is digging his fucking heels in on the bad guy stuff, even though he said, hey, we're even he still had it in him to save Omega and AZ. So those were, were key moments. Cause I, I do believe, uh, I mean, you don't have to believe it. it it's going to be a fact that the, the whole crosshair and bad batch thread will continue into season two, but now it's going to be a little bit different dynamic. Um, I, and this is probably gonna get some boo hisses and yucks, but I honestly think at this point, Crosshair is going to go on a similar journey to Tam from Star Wars Resistance, where, you know, he's kind of put his foot down. I'm mm-hmm. going to be an Imperial. It's the they're doing the right thing. Power, power, power. Yeah. Kind of like how Tam was in Resistance. Like, no, fuck you guys. I mean, the First Order, they, they, they seem to be bringing stability and security, right? Security, stability, all that shit. And she joins them. Yeah. But after a good part of the season, she starts to realize she made the bad choice. And as bad of a dude as crosshair comes off, comes off as even at the very end of this episode, as they're boarding their, their, their ship and pulling away, he still does a little side eye back. Like, Oh man, are they, are they going to come back for me? Should I turn around and go with them? Like you can tell he's, even though he, he talks tough game to Hunter, and the rest of the batch, the dude is having some ser- serious internal conflicts about who he wants to be. I believe I, it. Yeah, least. I also don't think that like he he's just thinking like, oh, I'm going to go back to the Empire. They're going to be like, oh, my God, you survived. This is great. You're I welcome know, back in with open arms. They're going to be like, we tried to kill you. They're like, why are you here? Get the fuck out. <laughs> like, 
I don't his think logic that it's going to go as great. well. Yeah, it's not going to go as well as he thinks because if if they don't want clones, period, they definitely don't want a defective ass clone who's got right like, that that has enhanced abilities and yeah. can shoot you from you know fifty parsecs away. So you're right. I mean, yeah. I was thinking the same thing. Like, I, I could see Rampart still having u- uses for him, like to use him. Yeah. Um, but it's like, um, buddy, what are you doing? Yeah, uh, I mean, they just even your even your brother's like, bro, they they just left you for dead. Like, what the yeah. fuck's your it's like, problem? Like, did you not man? take the hint when we collapse an entire city on you underwater? Like, we don't want you Plus, here anymore. If you want me to get like all Neil deGrasse Tyson on it, shouldn't that platform have resubmerged after the ship took off? If you remember the mechanics that Omega said that mm, it only yeah. raises when it senses a ship hovering above it. That's that is so, actually very true. Yeah. Once the ship disappeared, shouldn't his ass just sunk down to yeah, the depths just, of the Camino Ocean? Maybe that. Uh, maybe they uh, severed that fucking functionality when they blew up yeah, the whole thing. I don't no, know. You, you yeah. are. You are Tone, right. We Tones also brings up an interesting point too. He said, "Did the city? Did the city generate bad weather? Because once it was destroyed, there was no storm anymore." That is that is true. That's that's another one of those things they probably just forgot about, like the platform, you know. You yeah. Know, now right. we're getting now we're getting super scientific and physical on its ass. But yeah, I mean, yeah. There, there's a little. I mean, the whole episode we said from the get go wasn't the best. Was didn't not. make me hate the series, but it was like okay, you, you should have just made one long finale instead. Yeah, I would say make the make episode fifteen like fifteen minutes longer, and then you could have ended it there. Um. I think Bat brought this up just to confirm it for those not in the live stream. I, I have the graphic up now too, but it it was confirmed by the by the writers that Crosshair uh, indeed no longer has the chip. And kind of like I speculated last week, Brad Rao was like, "Um, have you seen the side of his head?" Yeah, uh, and that that's the <laughs> shot we're looking at. And I, I kind of was like, "Well, guys, I mean, if you look at his fucking head. It, it looks like he took a grenade to it." So that's probably when uh, the, the chip was removed. But it is it is removed, it is canon, it's confirmed by the creators. Uh, so that's key. And then really the the end here uh, with Nalasay at Mount Tantis. Uh, we, we've already talked about this. Clearly this, this is the beginnings of the Imperial cloning program, which we know ultimately ends up in um, Palpatine using this technology to create Snoke in his mm-hmm. place, to create his clone zombie body to house him on Exegol, and all the other weird shit you saw on Exegol in The Rise of Skywalker and in the, um, I forget what issue number, maybe 10, 11, or 12 of the uh, current Darth Vader run on Marvel. Yeah. No, I mean, uh, I, there's a lot of good that can come from this. I mean, like, I know people... It sounded like I was shitting on the inclusion before, but I mean, there's there's good storylines that could come from including Mount Tantus. You could even like this is another episode or another show that's ripe for bringing in Thrawn. Like you, we we know that this comes from. We, yeah, I mean, Thrawn with this series. place, Nick. You, yeah, I mean, you you could see. I mean, you would know better than me, but at this point in time, had he been recruited into the Empire? So the, it, it was it was still. I mean, I guess if we go by new canon, then. It was still early days of the Empire when he was first found on, like he was found on like a like a far off planet. But the Empire had already been established; like he wasn't brought okay. into the Republic. So we're probably still it's probably still a little bit farther out, I would imagine. Um, but he could very well come into this series because we're we're still assuming that that season one of Bad Batch is like like right at the the 
the pre one year mark of like imperial yeah. rank. Yeah, I, I, I'd say know? a year at most, at least in my mind, I'd say a year had passed since yeah. Empire but, Day. Like they didn't find Thrawn until like they had a like in, in new canon, they had like a grip on the galaxy and then they started to kind of like go out a little bit, like do some exploration into not necessarily the unknown regions, but some some planets that are a little bit farther out, you know, don't necessarily fall within their purview. And then essentially he he finds a like an installation of Imperial troops on a planet that he was marooned on. And then he just infiltrates the 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 ship and then kind of fucking goes off with them. Um, Got you. But yeah, I mean, it's it's very possible if you if you like give this show some time that he could he could come into it. And I don't know if they would be able to make the link between him and and, and Mount Tanish yet, because if you those are two wildly different timelines that we're working in now. Mount oh, Tanish yeah. previously was like post episode seven, like post episode six, like Mando timeline. Oh, yeah, yeah, and now exactly. we're in, you know, post exactly. episode three. So you couldn't really put him in that facility yet because he would be like a brand new Imperial recruit, but like he could still be in the show. Yeah, um, I, I tones. You read my mind. I was just gonna bring that up, but I'll, I'll mention your name since you threw it out there. Um, before I get there, though, I just wanted to point out, I know some of you people really get chubbed up for the, the, the Commando clones. These Commando clones, if you're on the live stream, at least the ones that were escorting Nala say, they are officially uh, described as Imperial Guards. Mm. Um, you know, I know they're not the, the, the red guys yet, but it is just another sign of, you know, they, they, they typically put their best soldiers with the most important assets in the Empire. So... Uh, th that this actually popped up in the official breakdown in the concept art. This these versions of these commandos with the gray pauldrons and gray stripes, they are identified as I guess the very first Imperial Guards. Uh, that's another one I missed, but how the fuck was I supposed to know? Because I did not see the concept art before I could make my video. <laughs> Um, but back to Tone's point and, and what I was going to mention, because I mean, if you look at Nala say at the end, she, she's not thrilled to be here. Yeah. Um, I don't think any slaves really like doing what their, um, captors are making them do, but I'm, I'm with Tones here and I, I've seen this pop up other places. I, I, I agree that Nala say is probably going to pull a Galen Urso. And give the Empire just enough of her cloning science to get them doing shit, but they'll never be able to perfect it. And, and as Tone says in the chat, you know, that's why Snoke is so fucking mangled and jacked up looking. Yeah, yeah, he's got the Force connection, but he, I mean, he looks half dead and can hardly move. Um, and why the Emperor is just kind of a zombie to begin with and, and needed to uh, suck on some Ray Force dyad juice to actually fully return uh I, I think you're spot on there and, and all the other ones speculate i mean no way nala say even if she does get her rocks off on cloning and, and doing science i i just see no way in hell that she is going to comply and do everything the empire wants her to do no. uh it, we saw who she was throughout season one yes she's probably a little shady i mean she's the one doing all the cloning uh chicanery with with the bad batch and and heightening their mutations and she grew boba and omega the the unaltered clones so you know she's a little fucked up but she also at every turn was trying to protect omega from lama sue 
so I, I think there's going to be a threat in that in, in and of itself is I think ultimately the Empire is going to learn about Omega and, and how her DNA is what Nala say really needs to kind of get a, a great cloning program uh, going for the Empire. But I think she's going to fuck with that, those operations, too. Uh, but I'm, I'm with you, Tones and everyone else. I, I do think Nala say will have uh, will pull off a similar deed to Galen Urso in that she uh, builds in some sort of uh, fuck you button <laughs> into the into the Empire's cloning operation that, that is just never going to allow them to reach the the levels of, of cloning and efficiency that the Kaminoans did themselves. Yeah, that's that's probably going to happen. All right. So, I mean, really, that's it for the the Bad Batch finale, Camino Loss. Uh, before we move on to some of the other topics, I do want to throw uh, some of like a, like a, a little listicle at you, kind of the, the the Star Wars Time Show's most favorite Bad Batch season one moments. All right, we're we're probably not going to spend a ton of time on these uh, discussing because you know I don't I don't want to be on the show all day. But so far, we're doing great. Thirty six minutes in, we're almost done with Bad Batch, so life is good. All right, so, uh, drum roll, please. All right, so the Star Wars time shows top whatever moments from the Bad Batch season one. I didn't even count. So here we go. <laughs> Cad Bane's return. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't think anyone saw that coming, and then when it when it happened, it was pretty damn special, right? I mean, we... Yeah. we it, it's, it opened up all sorts of new ways to take that character and Boba Fett, so um, kudos there. Number two, Rex helps the Batch with their chips. Yeah. Uh, It was great seeing Rex. It was great kind of hear him reminiscing about his days getting his chip out and and Ahsoka helping him, but that was also the episode where we finally got the payoff on Wrecker's headaches, and, you know, he broke bad and and all that fun stuff. Yeah, so that, that, was, that was a great moment. That was one of the top episodes of the of the series, definitely. Just because it 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 was it was like a it was like a mid season payoff episode. So good one. Yeah, and you know me, anything that paid off on some of my speculations, of course, I'm going to honor it. So when Omega was confirmed as Boba's sister, that was I mean, obviously that was huge. That that that's some good good content, good lore to know. Uh, but Nick, I actually looked Tuesday, April twenty seventh. In our special topics Slack. Yep. Bad Batch premiere predictions. Here we go. <laughs> Crosshair betrayal. Ding, yep. ding, ding. Second one. Omega revealed as female Django clone and the last. Wham, bam. Thank you, ma'am. I already did my little celebration for that, but, you know, I, I'm never going to miss a moment to remind everyone that while I suck at the legends calls, <laughs> I'm pretty damn good at speculating based on content that is revealed to us. And the last one I had um, was a bit off. They'll run into Rex, but I was thinking it was going to be episode one and Fennec hired by Tark. And we actually learned that it was um, um, say. Yeah. Yeah. And the, the, the Kaminoans. But hey, mm-hmm. you know, pretty good. So yeah, pretty Omega close. confirmed as Boba's sister. That's only going to be uh, uh you know it, i don't want to say exploded because i don't think it's gonna be like hey let's get right into the boba fett stuff in season two but uh, clearly that is lore that is going to be revisited is the uh, boba I mean, is like the sister thing like does that even really fucking count though because at the end of the episode she's like 
you're my brother too. Are they, aren't they all just fucking related then? Like they're all just brother and sister. Like all like every clone no, yeah, is yeah, his brother. Yeah, I mean if you if you <laughs> want to like get down to the the Webster's definition of, of brother and sister, yes, they all are related because they all ha- have the same DNA. But the the difference between Omega and Boba is there's zero fuckery going on with their juice. So yeah. I guess in the truer sense of the word brother and sister, they're probably closer than They're like twins more than yeah, anything. Exactly. No, yeah. exactly. Yeah. And I mean, not that I needed to be reminded of this, but uh, this episode, the last one did remind everyone that Omega is older than all the yeah, other the, clones. Than the batch. That's how she saw them having their, you know, not yeah. say messing with their mutations. Right. I mean, Boba and Omega were hatched the day Sifo Dias and Django sealed the deal and and went to Camino. They were they were born as babies and were allowed to uh, grow unaccelerated, unlike all their other brothers, as Nick says. Mm-hmm. Um, another moment. I mean, uh, we love the lore. We love uh, connecting all the, the series together. So seeing young hair and chopper was fantastic. Yep. All right. Um, I don't know about the two episode arc. The, the, the second episode didn't quite play out the way I thought, but we got her. She's been established in the show, which just means that she will return and we'll get more hair and chopper, which is great. Uh, everyone loved this one. I think this is probably on everyone's list and in terms of great new characters. And that's Captain Hauser's stand uh, on Ryloth, where he just says, you know what? Fuck you, Empire. Chip or not, I don't care. This is wrong. We were here to protect the Rylothians, and now we're herding them up and arresting them. Like fuck you. Yeah. Uh, and again, that that's that that was just laying down the groundwork for future Bad Batch, where we're going to see more and more clones like Hauser, kind of saying, "No, enough's enough. I'm done." And then they're probably just going to get executed by the conscripted soldiers. Uh, because at this point in time, like we said last week, with with Tipico City being decimated, Empire is full conscription at this point in time. Yeah, they've got whatever leftover clones they shipped off world. But from here on out, they're they're transitioning into the stormtrooper uh, forces. Uh, Scorch and Gregor in War Mantle. I threw Gregor in because, like I said, that's a prediction I had. I, I said we would see the rescue of Wolf and Gregor. We got one of the two, so I'll, I'll still take the win. Uh, but Scorch was, for Legends people, again, another amazing moment. And I just loved his little action scene they gave him. They really made yeah. him stand out from all the other commandos, all the other stormtroopers, and the Bad Bats themselves. It, it took pretty much the entire Bad Batch to take him down. Uh, so that was a fun moment. And really, War Mantle I- itself is a top moment of, of Bad Batch Season 1, the, the whole episode. Yeah, that, that episode was top. top. Uh, up next, Hunter and Crosshair's Obi-Wan and Anakin moment. All right, fans of our show, you know exactly what I'm talking about. If you are new here and you're going, this guy's on drugs... You may not be wrong, but (laughs) I still contend that the discussion in the training room between Hunter and Crosshair mirrored the discussion between Obi-Wan and Anakin on the Mustafar landing platform. Uh, Hunter was the Obi-Wan. Crosshair was the Anakin. You know, they, they, you know, Crosshair was very absolute in his way of thinking, where Hunter was like, come on, man, you know, this isn't right, blah, 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 come back. You were my brother, Crosshair. <laughs> you were the chosen one. 
Um, so yeah, that I, I, great moment. Some of the best dialogue I think we've gotten in animated Star Wars, if anything else. Yeah. And then last but not least, unless Nick cooks one up that I did not have here pre-show, seeing the Imperial cloning facility and Nalase's involvement. And then that comes with the added cherry of it being Wayland and Mount Tantus. Uh, but also, this is going to be a, a main... Uh, narrative generator for the Bad Batch moving forward, at least in season two. I mean, Nalisei is clearly still going to be in the show. This facility is going to be a part of the show now, as well as what's going to happen with Bad Batch, Crosshair, Omega, and the rest of the galaxy. Yeah, um, yeah, I think I mean that that about covers it. You know, sixteen episodes and the first season. Uh, I would I won't say it was the best season of TV I've ever seen. There were definitely ups and downs, but it's a first season. You can't expect it to be just on fire all the I way agree. through. So uh, it does set up a really good second season and continuing past, because if you if you really want to look at what this show is going to be, this is going to be another show that's going to be like Clone Wars that they can go seven, eight seasons on because you have. Even more so than Clone Wars, you have so much time to fill in. I know. You have, it you is, have it is like, I, I, I wonder. <laughs> so I wonder if it's like Rebels where he knew. I, I still want to know what happened with Rebels and why it got ended in four seasons. Like, because that was a Disney show. It's, yeah. I think it was like Dave going, hey, I'm going to be able to wa- work on live action. I'm getting the fuck out of the, the cartoon shit. And I'm just going to become like creative director. Uh, but but yeah, I'm with you. Now that it has two seasons, I think Bad Batch is four seasons minimum. Minimum yeah, yeah. four seasons minimum, uh, with the potential to reach seven or more, like the Clone Wars. Because yeah. as Nick uh, highlighted, it's a it's still a blank fucking canvas. I, I mean, until they get up to the Kenobi timeline, ten years from the beginning of Bad Batch, it's pretty wide open. Yeah, and I mean the uh, only it, thing that limits how how much of the show you can make is how long you want to keep these characters alive, basically, because yeah, I mean, that and, and if Filoni, you know, please don't do this for us. But if Filoni, you know, passes or something crazy happens. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, barring anything that's like disastrous, it's just it's based. It's basically like, do you want to keep these characters alive until like, you know, right up until fucking Rebels starts and then we nix them? Or do we just, you know, do, do we keep them alive for four seasons and then Vader comes out and cuts all their heads off? Like, you know, how, <laughs> how do you want to handle it? I still like, you know, this is Swago talk, so the logic never makes sense. But in the galactic journeys or whatever the fuck they're called now, they do try to line up tunes that make sense for the character you're trying to unlock. You know, uh, Jedi Master Kenobi, you needed. Uh, oh, my God. Uh, Django Fett, uh, some other random characters that he would have interacted with throughout the movies. Uh, I still don't understand Isla Secura, but fine. She was a Galactic Republic Jedi. But Lord Vader, his journey, Nick, requirements are the Bad Batch. Yeah, it should have been River of Lava, Kenobi, and Idiocy. Should have been three requirements. (laughs) So I... um, I don't know. I, I think that's just, you know, um, who, who makes that fucking game? I play it every day and I still Capital, forget. Capital. Capital Games. I, I think that's just their way of making people panic farm the Bad yeah, Batch yeah. tunes. But you never know. You never know. So I, I'm, I'm with Nick. Like, I, 
the first seasons of most shows, especially these Star Wars cartoons, I'm not going to say they're rough, but they they it's like they're kind of kicking the ball around, figuring out, all right, should we go this way, that way? What what major narrative threads should we set up to then really start exploring them a little more intricately in future seasons? And that's what the Bad Batch did. And I think it did it well. Um, finale part two was a stinker as well as infested outside of that or infestation outside of that. I found, uh, the rest of the episodes to be pretty compelling. I like the stories that were going on. I know it was kind of a, a slow roll, the same shit over and over. But if you look back at it, all those little pokers that were put into the fire can now be pulled back out and called upon for future bad batch stories. You know, their, their connection to Sid how the fucking Rancor could come into play. Uh, Hera, uh, the Bounty Hunters, all this yeah, stuff I mean, is it, more than likely going to come back. It would be like, you, you could bring in most of the people that you've seen in other cartoon series like Rebels, like you can even bring in, like we've already brought in Mando people. If Vader's not in this series, then it's a complete, like, what are you doing type of mistake. Like, I, I'm, Darth, I, Darth I, Vader I'm glad. needs to be in it. <laughs> I'm glad that they left him and Palpatine pretty much out, out of this first entire season. season. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Uh, I agree because, you know, if we, if we go from canon, Vader at this point is a goddamn disaster. Yeah. A fucking mess. Like a mess. I mean, this is the beginnings of Palpatine essentially abusing him to re-toughen him up after, you know, he realizes that, that Padme's wasted and, He's now half the man. He used to be stuck in an iron lung. Um, but I, I would think season two, there's going to be potential for, you know, at least mentions of a dark lord of this uh, new Sith of this man in black. Uh, but it, Vader nor Palpatine should ever be a big focus in Bad Batch. I, I like that they even only use Tarkin sparingly in the premiere. Leave those guys for the movies. Uh, let these shows be the vehicles to introduce new characters that may pop up in future live action. But let, let's not put too much focus on the big bads that we've known for some of us 50 years. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, he doesn't he doesn't need to be a main focus, but he definitely needs to make it kind of like in Rebels. Like he was never like well, sucking up all the scream time. But in he, season he made in season two, he was he was almost a big bad. Like he, he wasn't in every episode, but he was the, he was the guy looming over yeah. Ezra and Kanan. And, you know, they, they had a few fights with him, but yeah, he still wasn't, it, he wasn't callous. All right. He wasn't in it. The, the, the main uh, person chasing the rebels. And that's fine. Like, I think Vader, you know, makes an appearance, gets, gets like a, a few seconds on screen, uh, but never is involved in, in any uh, stories. Uh, yeah, I'll leave it at that. All right. So before we fully exit Bad Batch and we are going to revisit this uh, special topic once season two is closer, but we're just going to throw these out there now to see how well uh, some of our uh, force speculation powers are. Uh, so these these are just very, very way too early Bad Batch season <laughs> two predictions. I'm just going to list them off. We're not going to discuss them so we can keep moving here. Um. Scorch, I'm stupid, learn how to read. A wolf rescue or introduction, meaning, you know, Rex rescued him off screen, but I, I, they've addressed Gregor, there's no way they're not going to address Wolf. It's it just, it's, it's a done deal. 
Uh, I'm going out here now because, I mean, especially with, with Tantus, Nalisei, and the science lady, Grogu mentioned or mission slash Imperial cloning thread. So that's kind of a bullshit prediction. It's very broad. Uh, but we are going to get content that dabbles in what the Empire is doing with Nalisei and cloning. And there may be a mention of using uh, force candidates for cloning. Uh, but and we've been saying this for years. So when he shows up on the show, I want everyone to kiss our asses. <laughs> but at this point, with the way season one ended, I, I mean, it it it's almost a done deal that Grogu is going to get mentioned or or highlighted somehow, or the Bad Batch truly will be the ones that hide him away, like Ahsoka said. Um, it just seems they're 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 already drawing too many ties to Mando and Tross at this point for Grogu not to become. Uh, at least a mention in Bad Batch. I'd almost rather not even see him in animated form, um, but it just seems too ripe of a story to tell that the Bad Batch or a combination of Batchers or Omega herself will be the ones to get him safe and locked up in that that egg, uh, at least until some fucking crazy guys steal him and lock him in a bunker. Yeah. Um, All right, uh, an Ahsoka appearance. I'm throwing that out there. Crosshair's regrets. Hauser returns in some capacity. And more Rebels cameos. Specifically, I'm going to throw Zeb out there. All right, so those are our our early Bad Batch Season 2 predictions. No commentary at this point. We'll obviously flesh them out uh, in 2022 once we get closer to Season 2 airing. Yeah. That's that. I mean, that's been 16 weeks of Bad Batch talk. My God, that's the longest series we've, uh, I think we've covered on the show. Yeah. Uh, that people actually listen to because Resistance, it, that had a lot of episodes that too. Two, no that cared. had two full seasons, but everybody <laughs> hates Resistance apparently. Like every every guest uh, that we bring on here, we're like, hey, what's one piece of Star Wars content that doesn't hit for you? They're like, Resistance, it sucked. So apparently right. people just hate it. But, you know, it'll be sad, but luckily we're, we're not too far from some more fresh Star Wars content on the horizon. Hmm. And I think, Nick, I'm just going to jump to that one real quick because it just makes sense with the transition. Um, it'd help if I actually had it pulled up. <laughs> but, Nick, you know, I'm talking about the, the Visions trailer we got today, but yes. more importantly, we, we got news of the voice cast, both the Japanese proper version and the English dubs. Yeah. Uh, first and foremost, this is my first time uh, really checking out Visions in full. I, I didn't, I was, I think I was out when they did the sizzle reel, and it was a sizzle reel. You didn't really get much. Yeah, but the you trailer didn't actually today, get much. Yeah. The trailer's fucking phenomenal. Like, this is, it's, it's everything I envisioned Visions to be, right? Yeah. This is honestly the most exciting thing that's happened to Star Wars in a while, in my opinion. Cause like, yeah, Bad Batch, like there's a lot of things that that have happened in Star Wars recently that we've already seen before. Like Bad Batch is the third cartoon series that looks exactly the same and uses almost exactly right. the same cartoon this style, blah, blah, blah. This is completely new. new. And like the fact that one, like I'm kind of upset that it's going to be shorts. I wish that it was like full length episodes, but two, I love the fact that there's so many different visual styles here. And just from the trailer, you can see that like <laughs> these studios are just, they're like, you know what? If we're going to be able to do Star Wars oh, yeah. for five minutes, 
We're going to go fucking all out shit that you've never seen before. Shit they animated the fuck before. out of it. Yeah, dude. I mean, this is like anime on spice, anime on on steroids, anime on growth hormone. I mean, it is it's 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 like I said, it's exactly what I expected that Japanese uh, artists would come up with. It, it's I, I I don't know where the, the the anime culture comes from over there. I, I appreciate it. I'm not a huge anime person, but I've always appreciated. It. I love the. Uh, the art style, kind of the over-the-top visuals and, and animation. I mean, er- everything over there just always seems like everyone is on cocaine, right? Like, <laughs> ah! And that th- this whole trailer was like a was like a bump. I mean, ev- like every scene, someone's like, ah! there's like fucking lasers shooting out of their hands, eyes, swords. Dude, yeah, little kids on speeders with blasters. I mean, it is. This shit looks fucking wild. Yeah, dude. I mean, it it looks amazing. And you know, <laughs> you mentioned the voice cast. I'm usually a person when I watch anime, I usually watch it in Japanese with the subtitles. Well, that's the, that's the proper way to do it. Yeah. And I actually when I started playing Ghost, that's how you played like, in you know Kurosawa what? mode. Yeah, you got. I gotta play this like uh, black and white. I gotta play it with you know no 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 dubbing. It's all good. Then I was like, ah, fuck this. I don't feel like reading anymore. But <laughs> Nick is right, and I'll still probably watch the English version of these. Well, you have to. But Nick with is these right. Fucking voice actors that they put in here. I mean, these actors yeah. that they put that are voicing some of these. Just listen. It's crazy. Joseph Gordon Levitt is is voicing uh jay and yep. tatooine rhapsody neil patrick harris lucy lou lucy lou alice tamara Lee, like Bo- tamara boba Morrison. fett is gonna be boba fett david harbour the uh everybody knows him from stranger things he just played red guardian and black widow i mean george neil Takei patrick is harris. In one of them yeah neil, yeah christopher Takei. christopher ma. christopher sean the guy who voiced cat you know all right there yeah. you go nick i was like is anyone but me gonna pick up yeah, on the yeah. fact that christopher sean aka kaz ziono is back in star wars yeah. voicing another animated character in asu in the village bride i was like yeah christopher that's that's the guy we we're talking about like he, he was a star of the show and he would actually like follow our content on resistance and that, that's yeah. probably why we kept doing it but but, hey, he, he's back in the Star Wars universe. You got Kimiko Glenn, uh, Simu Liu, right? Simu Liu, that's Shang-Chi. And then if you watch yep. Kim's Convenience, you know, he's in that show as I well. I know Neil Kaplan's been in some uh, animated stuff. Kyle Chandler, like you said, Harbor. Yeah, yeah I mean, um, the, the, like there are huge Jamie names. Chung, Takei, Henry Golding, Snake Eyes is in there. So, yeah, I mean, I, I, lo- I love George Takei. Like, oh, my. <laughs> yeah. He actually I'd like to touch. And so trailer came out. It's available now. You can watch the, both the English dub or the Japanese versions of the trailer. And mm-hmm. we had an official release date for it, which is September 22nd. Yes. Um, and the whole thing's dropping. Whole. We, we've been wondering that it, yeah. it, it confirmed that the whole anthology is going to re- release on the 22nd. So, yeah. So uh, which which makes sense for sure. It's, there's no reason to string these out. Yeah. Uh, week to week but really i mean the japanese cast too and this is just me being a a dumb american but apparently it's loaded with uh talent from uh the you know the japanese scene. animated universe like a lot yeah. of famous voice actors are over there i'm actually surprised they didn't get d bradley baker <laughs> i know right it. for sure somebody 
Like, so, so someone to yell at him again, like, why do you keep giving a white guy all these, <laughs> you, you know, inclusive roles? You got to be inclusive. It's like, man, just just leave D alone. He's been doing this shit. Like, I just saw his name pop up in the original Space Jam from 94. Dude, D. Bradley I mean, Baker on. is one of the most OG voice actors. Like, he's and been doing think about, I mean, really, 30, think years. about what the guy did in the clone wars but more importantly in bad batch he literally acted the show by himself yeah i know in bad batch i was like there's basically nobody else like can you imagine how hard it is to have a conversation a four-way conversation with yourself like (laughs) crazy in all different voices all different personalities and quirks and ticks yeah i mean imagine trying to do that conversation between hunter and crosshair and finale part one as one person it's it's it really is amazing. I mean, it's like, I'm not going to jump on Disney because, uh, you know, he had the job years and years ago. Yeah. Get over it. He's good at it. Um, but yeah, visions, I think it looks fucking fantastic. It's pretty much exactly what I thought it would be, uh, at least in terms of visuals. And, and I do think I will appreciate the stories, even if they are kind of non-canon. I just think it's going to be a wild ride, a completely different take on the Star Wars universe. And very, very similar to that, I forget it every time, but Halo did almost the same thing. They put out an mm-hmm. anthology of shorts, uh, all using different types of animations and storytelling to to flesh out the world of Halo. Yeah, and that's what we're getting here with Visions. So Dude, I, I'm, I hope I'm pumped. I hope that these do well, and I hope that one of two things happen: either they continue to do this anthology style series, or they pick like one of these, and they're like, "Hey." Let's fucking make a series out of this. Let's do a full season of whatever, the Ninth Jedi or uh, Well, I'm with you. Like they're that. they're doing it but in book form. So it yeah. sucks for morons like you and me cuz isn't the duel is the one that they're fleshing that, out and yes. they're going to tell the story of the Ronin, Ronin and all that, right? Exactly. Yeah, yeah, the the book is called Ronin and it follows that character. I mean, I just think that if, if these do well and people seem to gravitate towards them, there's no reason why you shouldn't allow one of these studios to just go full out and give you one season of their story. Now, it's just, would you would you be okay with just volume two? No, like yeah, more, I'd, I'd totally more be okay shorts. With like if two. they if they if they take that approach and it's just giving more more people more opportunities or the same people to maybe continue uh, some stories. But if, if visions just becomes like volumes every, every year, every other year, I, I think I, I could get down with that for sure. Yeah, definitely. Um, definitely. I agree. I just, like, a, I like, it's like a nice the... palette cleanse in between a, a major star Wars production. And then obviously our next one's going to be book of Boba. So it's going to give us kind of a nice little, uh, break from the canon and, and getting learned and, and trying to figure out all the new stuff going on in that galaxy. Yeah. Uh, so I, I would not be opposed to this becoming a series definitely definitely agree so september 22nd all drops at once so you could watch them all in one sitting or you could try to space them out there's only going to be nine episodes and we don't have confirmed episode lengths yet but you've got to imagine that none of them are going to be more than like seven minutes long i would imagine yeah i i I would be surprised if all nine take you longer than an hour hour 20 minutes to get through yeah that it would be surprising so uh check it out don't sleep on this stuff guys because this is if you want star wars to continue to grow and iterate then you need to we need to support projects like this where you're going completely out of the box and you're 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 giving creators who usually don't have their hands on star wars an opportunity and sadly thanks to just kind of how capitalism works and business in general 
if these if these hit hard and especially in the Asian markets and really get those those people into the Star Wars franchise, the the people that greenlight big budget Star Wars projects will 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 get excited and you you might get more movies greenlit or another trilogy or more risky live action projects they'll take they'll 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 take a chance on. Uh, so yeah, I, I'm I'm hoping this does well. I, I don't know how it couldn't. I mean, the, the angry crowd they're 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 going to be pissed about anything Disney does. I've given up on them. I could give a fuck. It's kind of like the the anti-vax idiots at this point in time. <laughs> I have zero compassion. Zero. Like all of my fucks have been given. I will burn twenty year friendships at this point over this shit. I don't care. Yeah. Right, it's the same shit with this stuff. I mean, you know. Angry fucks are always going to be angry. It just doesn't matter. I'm an angry fuck, but not when it comes <laughs> to Star Wars. So I'm, I'm definitely looking forward to Visions. I hope, I know it's going to kick ass. Fuck hope. And it will kick ass. I just hope that, you know, it, it, it gets turned into either, like Nick said, fleshing out a particular short or just give us new volumes. Let yep. other artists take a crack. Let, let, let's uh, get more exposure over in these uh, Asian countries to their form of storytelling and art uh, with our beloved Star Wars baby. There you go. All right. Nick, real quick, before we get into the rest of our subjects. Yes, we have. I'd like to, I'd like to bring everyone a special message from our sponsor, Manscaped. So attention listeners across the galaxy, all the way from Australia to Houston, do we have a pube problem? If so, our friends at Manscaped have cleared you for takeoff with their fourth generation and brand new lawnmower 4.0. Kick your pubes to the next planet with the performance package 4.0. The orbits in your pants will feel like you're in zero gravity when you use the best tools for the job from the leaders in male grooming. Join the 2 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped and get your rocket ready for takeoff by going to manscaped.com for 20% off plus free shipping with the code SWTS. So Nick, really right before the show today, mm-hmm. I was up there doing some grooming, busted yep. out the lawnmower 4.0. I saw that downstairs things were getting a little too hairy. <laughs> so using its its skin safe technology with that ceramic blade for the first time since owning it, I was like, you know what? I'm not even going to use the uh the the cover guard today. Oh, wow. So I went I went right down to the smallest setting you could use with the lawnmower 4.0 and gave myself a nice airy shave slapped on my ball deodorant so i could smell fresh for nick even though he cannot (laughs) smell my crotch while we do the show but you know what i mean i mean it's great stuff you're not going to nick yourself with the lawnmower 4.0 i'm not going to say this but i would think you might even be able to do it with your eyes closed All right. So if you're ready for an out of the world experience, look no further than the performance package 4.0 from Manscaped. It has just taken off in not only the USA, but now our fans in Canada, the UK, across Europe, Australia, South Africa and Singapore. How about that? We got some new territories. So inside this package, you'll find their lawnmower 4.0 trimmer, the weed whacker ear and nose hair trimmer, crop preserver ball deodorant. My personal favorite. Crop Reviver Toner, the Performance Boxer Briefs, and a travel bag to hold your whole solar system. First, schedule for liftoff with the new Lawnmower 4.0 trimmer. That's what I just used because it's a spaceship and it is here to guide you on a journey to trim your body, balls, butt, 
and even Uranus. This fourth generation trimmer also features a cutting edge ceramic blade to reduce grooming accidents thanks to their advanced skin safe technology. The Lawnmower 4.0 has a 7,000 RPM motor, a new multifunction on off switch that will engage a travel lock if you travel, and it's even waterproof. The same thing can be said for the ear and nose hair trimmer. It's also waterproof and has a beastly 9,000 RPM motored power, 360 degree rotary dual blade system head. All right. And like I said, after you're done with the lawnmower 4.0 and the weed whacker, don't forget to use the crop preserver ball deodorant and the crop reviver to help your little planets be on their A game while feeling the sun's heat. This stuff is no joke, my friends. Your balls will never smell more fresh. Start with the deodorant after a shower. You know, go out on your day. When you come back, drop your drawers a little bit and then use that reviver spray. It does wonders for that Fremunda sauce smell. All right, so abort hairy balls and Buzz Lightyear the Woody with Manscaped. Don't forget, get 20% off plus free shipping with the code SWTS at manscaped.com. That's 20% off plus free shipping from new territories if you use the code SWTS at manscaped.com. Your dick and balls need some help. For a clean trinity and beyond, your space balls will thank you. All right. So, you know, we, we just left an animated Star Wars uh, property. Now we're going to yes. talk about a beloved animated Star Wars property and a character from said property uh, that's going to cross over into live action. So, I mean, this, this really shouldn't be a uh, huge news for you, you scholars out there, you Star Wars scholars. Uh, but apparently Lucasfilm is actively looking for an actress to play Sabine Wren in the live action Ahsoka series. And this didn't just come from like some of the people, the, the, the poo flingers of Reddit. Uh, this is coming from the Hollywood reporter. Uh, I've checked up on this guy. Apparently this Aaron Crouch, he is a, a legit source. You know, he actually gets paid for a living to be a, an entertainment journalist. So, uh, I, I kind of take his connections and sources to be a little cleaner than you know the 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 LRM onlines and all the the Star Wars time shows of the world, if you will. And uh, what Crouch was saying here, it was just a blurb. It was, it was more of a general write up on, I don't know, some bullshit. Who knows? It doesn't fucking matter. But he, he blurbed in here. Now, Dawson. Speaking of Rosario, we know she's in it to win it. She's in Ahsoka. Not a big guess here. But now, Dawson is leading a live-action Ahsoka spinoff for Disney Plus, with sources saying Lucasfilm is looking for an actress to star opposite Dawson as Mandalorian warrior Sabine Rem. Yeah, they were Ren. talking about, uh, or he was writing about Marvel What If, uh, and Dawson came up. So. Which, by the way, is fucking aces. All right. Marvel What If. Highly recommended viewing. Nick, I don't know if you've seen it yet. Animation I, is badass. And the first story was just fantastic. Yeah, we're, we're definitely going to gonna watch that. So I, I will be catching up on it soon. Um, right. But yeah, like you said, this is the most like no duh piece of news that's come out in a while. I mean, if you have an Ahsoka series, then Sabine, if you've seen the end of Rebels, is a almost no brainer to have in there. Right. Uh, so. And that's like 
it, it, this isn't like, oh, wow, there's going to be a live action Sabine. I mean, we've said that a million times on the show. It doesn't take a, a, you know, a Harvard graduated entertainment writer to figure out that you're probably going to see a live action Sabine Wren in an Ahsoka series that has strong hints of Thrawn being in it. It's literally the epilogue of Star Wars Rebels, the continuation yeah. of it. So live action Sabine shouldn't be a surprise to anyone worth their, you know, their, their salt. But the fact that they are actively looking and, and here are supposed, this is the short list supposedly. Yeah. So Jordan Mazin kind of tuned in after all this started fluttering around to, to kind of jump on the clout train. And, and he's saying that it's, it's down to three. Three yeah. actresses is, is, is the short list right now. And apparently it's Lana Condor, Tati Gabrielle, or Havana Rose Louis. Lou. <laughs> Lou. Uh, yeah. So I think that it's like, I don't know many of these. Tatiana Gab- Gabriel was in um, The Chilling Adventures of Sabrina, the Teenage Witch, like the one on Netflix. That was okay. her like main claim to fame. She was one of the sisters. Um, Lana Condor, I Honestly, I'll look at her IMDb. I don't have any clue what she's been. She was in X-Men Apocalypse as Jubilee. That's like her her big thing. Um, All the Boys I've Loved is apparently a TV show or something like that that she's been a part of for a while. Um, and Someone then, threw out a name in our Discord maybe or just commented on Instagram. And it Was it Jamie Chung? I don't know. There, there, there's like an actress that she's been in uh more stuff recently i think she was in shit i even forget the name of it It was a canceled kind of x-men show on fox like a year or two ago oh Uh, there were actually a bunch of those Uh, i I don't know but (laughs) if if we're just working on these two young ladies we can see on the live stream so if you're on the live stream we're looking at lana condor and tati gabrielle i personally not this is just looks you know like like full-on man stuff here I, i i think tati the one with kind of the short hair mm-hmm. um, would make a very interesting looking Sabine. Yeah. Um, I don't really give a fuck what she looks like. I mean, I, I know they're, they they should definitely go for a more Asian uh, type of look. I, yeah. I don't want to see a, a white woman playing Sabine. Ooh, ooh he's woke. <laughs> um, but, you know, I, I don't know. I, I don't have a, a candidate that I'm like, this has to be them. Done deal. Uh, kind of like Bo-Katan and Katie. That's like, yes, that's that's an e- easy uh, crossover. Or if it's true, Lars and Thrawn. Here, they're really, I mean, her voice actor, I believe, is of Indian descent. Yeah, so I was going to say, I don't really know who, who voices it's Tia, her. It's Tia Sakar, I believe, is who, who voiced her. Okay. And um, I, I believe she is uh, Indian. Uh, so I, I think that's kind of a case like um, Homegirl and Ahsoka. Where it just, yeah, it just doesn't Line cross up. over to screen, which yeah. is fine. There's no reason to get upset about that. Uh, but just looking at the ladies we're looking at, my, I would go with, with Tati. I think she has a, a very unique type of look. It, it could just be the get up and the hairstyle, but... Uh, obviously, Lana could play it too, and I don't have a p- picture of Havana Rose, but yeah, I feel like you. If you open up the Twitter thread, I think somebody has a post below with her picture in it. All right, yeah, let me um, try that out here. Yeah, I mean, 
I don't know. They like I said, they, like the the look really doesn't matter to me either. I mean, I think they could all. I mean, they all look enough like her to play the role, I guess. But I, I yeah, I don't know. I mean, I I don't really have a a beat on like who should play her or, or really do I have a care of who, to, you know, who plays her? I mean, I think the only reason that everybody kind of attached themselves to Rosario Dawson as uh, Ahsoka was well, it started she, as a big fan movement. Yeah. Like it was, it was the fan thing, but then she also like basically right. attached herself to it. She was yeah, like, she played I into do this it. And you know, she, she fed the machine. Yeah. And also like, I've seen Rosario Dawson in a lot of things. I think she's a fantastic actress. So I was like, okay, if she wants to do it in, you know, people want her to do it then just fucking let her do it like i don't know any of these girls like i don't know anything that they're in i've never seen them. hey bro i'm there with you so it's like i mean we can just sit here spinning in the same circle yeah i wish any of them the best of luck i think any of them would do a fantastic job in the end it's it's going to come down to how the character is written yeah and the the stories and narratives she's a part of It, it it really doesn't matter who's playing what I, I yeah. think the only thing that would be really wonky if they th- threw in like Emma Stone or something like that. Then yeah, okay. like something like completely <laughs> you know, like, off the wall. Yeah, like Scarlett Johansson comes back to play another version of her of her Asian character again. Um, so I mean, it's it's really it's non news for nuts like you and me that live action Sabine is going to be a thing. Yeah, like everybody should have known uh, that. <laughs> But if it's these three ladies here, which we can now see on the live stream, if you're watching, if not, it'll be in the, the post version for you audio only listeners. Uh, I, I think all three could fit 100%. You know, you got makeup, you got the, the armor to throw on there. Uh, all three could definitely fit. Yeah. Okay. All right. I forgot to put the Manscaped graphic up as we read <laughs> Manscaped. So it's up now. There we go. It's on there. SWTS at checkout. Um, All right. Yeah. I mean, next up, we got some more news on confirmed stuff happening in the live action. Real quick, Nick, before you introduce this, and I'm the idiot that wrote it, and I only wrote it because Carl himself said it. It wasn't speculation. But have we really gotten to the point, my friend, where shows starting production or ending production become news blips in, in the star wars universe because that's, that's really this week's like <laughs> oh my god we think kenobi is rap production it's like big Dude, fucking deal i like, was gonna t- i was gonna say like so what <laughs> so if, fucking what you know in star wars land i mean that is news now because there's nothing else going on like you know like there's <laughs> real sad. there really isn't and you know one of the things I didn't post any of that shit. I'm like, you know what? A series stopping production to me means even less than a series starting production. So uh, the only reason we're talking about this thing is because Carl Weathers was at a con yeah. and, and threw out that, yes, we are filming Mando season three or we're starting production in September. Grief Karga is back and Carl Weathers is back as a director. Hey, so man. I, I, there was, I like there, it. There was some news in that outside of that it's just going to start filming. I mean, like I said, starting filming, yeah, you can get a little speculation juice out of that. Like, all right, when's, when are we going to see it? Yeah, after a, but, a, a series wraps, you've already talked about it to death. After the- I just, I mean, dude, it, it, it was all over Reddit. Uh, and Bestman Bolton's getting a lot of play with, oh, we've heard fun. O'Shea Jackson and Rupert Friend are done filming Kenobi, and Kenobi's done filming in general. It's like... Yeah, it should be. They started in like fucking May. March. Okay. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. Good. 
good. It's, all that means is, all right, they're done. Now they can move in the post, and we're going to get the show in 2022. Yeah, I mean, uh, maybe as early as spring. Maybe this is going to be the, the 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 spring show. But you know, Bad Batch is probably going to take its May slot again. And I'm still, I am, I'm going to ride or die on the fact that Mando is always going to be a fall release. Uh, so even with Mando starting filming, like Carl said, it's going to start in September. Uh, Nick, what do you think? They'll be done by the end of the year. Yeah. Uh, they'll probably hit post by December, January for sure. January, yeah. So the sh- the sh- the show will be more than ready for uh, or, Mando season three. Will be more than ready to debut. September. You know, November, December yeah. of of 2022. Yeah, I mean the thing is too with Bad Batch, you could th- you could feasibly push that to the slot that Clone Wars season seven had, unless you want that to be your. Which was, I believe it was... um, That was January, February. Yeah, it was January, February, March, right? Yeah, like right in the beginning of March. So unless you... That that could be your Kenobi slot, or you have... You bump Bad Batch up to take that area, and then you put Kenobi where Bad Batch was. Um, I I think, you know, if Kenobi truly is over, which fine, who gives a shit? They've got four months of post. They could they could get that. They could get Kenobi ready for late January, February yes, launch. They can. Yes, they can, of course. Um, but yeah, I mean it started filming. I'm glad that that uh Carl is back in their director's chair. I thought that his episode last season was pretty strong. And um, you knew it was his episode too, with how like action focused it was. Yeah, it was, it, it, was the, it was the Navarro <laughs> lab episode. That yeah, was, that it, was, was Carl's. it was the one where they're fucking driving through canyons and blowing up shit. Yeah. <laughs> I was like with the, yeah, with the guy, you know, the, the, the T-shirt and jeans guy that, that got yeah, the, kept in the shot. <laughs> I, I love it. I love it. Uh, but no, man, I mean, it's good to know that they're filming again, I guess. And, you know, I don't think that it, there was ever a question that grief was going to be back in it. Um, but yeah, I mean, this is but that's the thing. It's like, Matt, I think last week you were like, yeah, you know, listeners are down a little bit. And one of the reason that listeners probably are down a little bit is because they ain't shit happening in Star Wars, brother. <laughs> like there's well, you know, I, if, I think <laughs> whatever we did last week regained a hundred downloads. There so we go. maybe I just should put exclusive something in every yeah, title. I know, right? I, I'm trying to think like that's the only difference with last week's title. We had that exclusive Obi-Wan Kenobi update, which is really just hey. Uh, Nanjiani is going to be a friend of yeah. Kenobi. We don't know who he is or the character's name or anything, but we at least know he's a good guy. Yeah, he's a good guy. But yeah, who who knows? But I mean, if anything, if you guys love Carl Weathers, it's like a forty-five minute long interview with him. But the the Star Wars stuff kicks in. I have it queued up for you on StarWarsTime.net. Dude, you know he is fun to listen to. Uh, I mean, this guy is good at cons and on the stage. I remember him, Nick, when oh man, he when he came the, out of, of man. the panel, he was it was fantastic. It, 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 was, so. it was great. I mean, like. You had all like you had like the main people out there. Like you had fucking Pedro, you had yep. John and Dave, but the the guy who got the crowd going was Carl. Cuz Carl came out like he was Apollo Creed, just like in the movies. Like he comes yeah, out. Yeah, I, I feel like the, they're even playing playing like they, his intro he, music from Rocky 4. Like they I might think have he even done came it. out like you yeah. know shadow boxing like I can't I can't <laughs> remember the music, but like he came out and like he was like doing the point thing like he did in the I want you he was a badass. I like it. Like on on Alexa devices, they now have it to where like you can download Shaq's voice or Samuel L. Jackson's voice. I would download Carl's voice because I just like listening to that dude talk. So 
uh, yeah, go listen to the interview though. But there, there's your there's your news piece that yeah, he was at the at the Steel City Con, which I'm assuming was was Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh. Are there other steel cities around this country that that have that moniker? So. Unless it was like Cleveland, but Cleveland's not called the Steel. That, that's city, like right? the rust the rust belt rust, is what yeah. they called up there. So even though um, I mean Pittsburgh technically is a part of all that shit that went tits up, you know, at the yeah. end of the industrial age. Uh, yeah, so. I, there's been a lot. Has Mando shot something? I, I still think they've shot parts of season three when they were filming Book of Boba, uh, Book of Boba specifically any Din type of stuff. Because uh, I mean, Din's going to be in Book of Boba. There is no fucking doubt. Like, take that to the bank. I'm probably not even going to get up on my my champions podium when that comes true because it's such a no brainer that he's going to be involved. Yeah, uh, Disney is not going to keep din out of view for two years straight there's just no fucking way no no way gotta keep them in the mind's eye so yeah good shit there uh yeah carl weathers directing and starring in season three uh yep. and- grief cardboard is back in front and behind the camera there so we that's go. a good thing uh, this next piece here is, is just a quick little. Uh, this was little... funny. I, I'm I'm surprised <laughs> you posted this. I, I saw this too. I don't know if you you picked it up on on Reddit, but this Bill Burr story. It, it's actually, it kind of made me like him a bit more because he kind of comes clean. He's like, listen, I don't fucking hate Star Wars. I just know yeah. I can get a reaction out of you, Rubes. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like he, so he was talking on a on a podcast. <laughs> Your mom's house is the name of the podcast, and uh, he was just telling the story of like how how he got the role and this is this was his quote so he says i went to mike bender's birthday party and john was there he said hey we're writing this thing and we kind of have you in mind do you want to do it and i was like well i don't know john i've teased star wars people a lot and then john says i know i listened to the podcast i think it would be funny if we got you in it <laughs> so john's trolling his <laughs> yeah, own john's fan like, base basically john's like yeah that's why i want you <laughs> And then, and then Burr says that his wife was kicking him under the table and he's like, all right, I'll, I'll. but yeah, yeah she's I mean, like, she's like, Bill, I know you make a ton of fucking money selling out arenas, but we're talking Star Wars. Like you will, you will have action figures created after you, you, yeah. you will have, you will be getting your, your, uh, shit, what do they call them? Your residual checks until you die. Yeah. Like when you're dead, I'll still be getting your Mayfeld checks because you were in star wars so do it you asshole oh yeah i mean i think it's funny because i mean one you know some people could look at this as like oh well he he they didn't even like interview anybody else for the role they didn't you know try people out but it's like when you're in hollywood and you're like at bill burr's statue like stature in hollywood that happens like right they write roles for you and the only reason that somebody else would play the role is if you turned it down so like I thought it was funny that they were literally at somebody's birthday party and then Favreau just walks up to him and he's like, hey, man, you want to be in The Mandalorian? All right, let's do it. <laughs> it's like, I mean, in, in life, my friends, and I try to relate this to my, my college students, it ultimately does, it really, uh, your, your skill set, your abilities, yeah, they help. But it's who you fucking know and who yeah. you meet. That is, that is what will dictate your path in life for all you young ones out there. I mean, yeah, your, your your skills and whatnot might get you in the door, but it's the people you meet that are going to take you out of the stratosphere doing crazy shit like this. Like you listen to any celebrity story and it's almost always I got in the door, met this person and then here we go. Yeah. I mean, Nick Lard, the stunt community, he he mentioned it. He's basically like once department heads knew I wasn't a knucklehead, 
you know, Rick was going to invite me to this project or I was going to get on that project and this one and this one and this one because we want to work with people we like. They're, 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 entertainers in Hollywood, they're no different than us normal people. Yeah. They want to they go to work, have fun, and work with non-assholes. So the more people you meet out there or in life in general, trust me, the more opportunities uh, will open up for you. Networking people networking exactly adam burkhead he he said it perfectly who you know gets you farther than what you know that should that should be a saying uh if it's not a famous quote tied to someone we will now tie it to burkhead Burkhead toys Toys. there we go yes (laughs) give him him credit because he's right yeah he's exactly right and clearly nick and i did not meet the right people in life we don't know (laughs) we we don't the funny thing now is that like we know people like we know yeah. the the stunt coordinator for the prequels. We know it's the crazy. actor who played Kiati Mundi. We right. know uh, we have other stunt connections. If we still, it still doesn't matter. <laughs> I mean, dude, I, I one of my best friends has worked for Howard Stern for like almost twenty years. I mean, yeah. it's it's like he is the he runs all the IT. You don't think I could have had a an opportunity to go over there and do something? I did. And I fucking turned it down because I'm a dumb cunt. <laughs> yeah. I'm lazy. I'm like, hey, I'm, I'm a tenured professor. Why the hell would I want to take a pay cut and, and go work in New York City for money that would allow me to live in a box? <laughs> that, no, it, yeah, it was one of those point. deals. And, you know, I'll, I'm, I'm not going to say I regret it because I made the right choice for my family at the time. But it, it's hard not to think, like, what would I be doing now if I would have taken that leap of faith through a connection I had? But yeah. there you go. There's the moral of the story. And in the end, like I said, uh, when I found out Bill was in Star Wars because of what I knew about his hate for the franchise, like, man, fuck this guy. But <laughs> he's proven us wrong. And I do believe, Nick, in this full article, he kind of d- describes, he's like, listen, I don't fucking hate Star Wars. It's just. Yeah, it's easy to make it, fun it's like of an them. easy. It's an easy mark, basically. Yeah, it's exactly. an easy mark in the people to follow it. So Exactly. So. And he's, and, I mean, season two, Mayfeld, let's go. That was like one of the highlights before, uh, you know, CGI Luke showed up. Yeah, exactly. Like his his episode was one of the best of the season, purely because yep. of that conversation that he had at mm-hmm. the table with the Imperial officer. Like that was just like fucking next yeah, level. The whole, time, shit. the whole the whole episode with him and Din stealing the transport and, mm-hmm. and kind of playing off each other like Din's like, fuck you, you're a scumbag. And he's like, listen, you are, too. You're, you're going to do shitty shit. Because you believe it's right and it's for the people, you know, you love and whatever. And, and, and ultimately Mayfeld kind of got back at the Empire at the end of that episode, blowing up that refinery. And, and I don't think he's gone. I mean, I, I think no, no, at this I point, don't. Burr has, uh, he's done such a good job that they, they have to keep him in. <laughs> I mean, they, they have to. He's, he's become a fan favorite, I yeah. do believe, in some circles. Yeah, I mean, they left him out there just kind of floating around for a reason. Like, you don't close a door on a character like that for no reason. I mean, he's, he's I mean, honestly... Popular. I would think, I mean, they'd have to change some shit, some of the new Republic ties, but they probably could pivot some of Cara Dune's stories uh, for Mayfeld, I would think. Yeah, yeah, I could see that. Uh, you know, there's a lot of different ways you could take that character now because he's, it, you know, he's changed so drastically just he, between He's dead, one right? He's, he's dead in the eyes he's, of the new Republic. To the, to the, yeah, to the new Republic. Like, oh, he died in that refinery explosion. So... And, you know, they, they just left them. So they're like, well, see you around. So we got I think, tra- I think one six shooter is uh, he's commenting on fake Luke in episode eight saying uh, yeah, actually, Mayfeld looked better. And you don't know what Mayfeld looked like, Trevor. Tra- you, 
<laughs> I know who, I know what Mayfeld looked like because he was an yeah. old Legends character, and he doesn't look go. anything like Bill Burr. Damn it! So he what do you bald. know, Trevor? He wasn't a ginger. <laughs> ah! He was an alien. Uh, there, there's actually there's <laughs> some Star Wars humor going around for for Legends people, and they're like, hey. Maybe Luke and the Mandalorian is actually Luke. Like they they spe- was it spelled L U U K E? Clone Luke, like evil Luke. From Dude, that's Mount what Kansas. I said last episode. See, that's what, there's people now going around like, look, what if what if the Luke that showed up Mandalorian is actually Luke? Is actually clone. That's what I said. Go read the tape. Go back to the tape Uh-oh. and listen to it. And listen to because I called. I almost said it too when we were talking about Mountanus again. I was like, "This is setting up that clone Luke is good, is the Luke who took Grogu." I guy. almost said it again, but it, I guarantee you, those fuckers out there who were saying it now, listen to the Star Wars Time Show and they're stealing <laughs> my takes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Let the hate flow through you, Nick. Oh man, it will only make you more powerful. <laughs> <laughs> I, love, I love it but uh, i love when nick gets angry it's fun no i remember uh, i was i was adamant about that take that's uh that's my take wouldn't wouldn't that be a fucking dick kick if they pulled that rug from out under us yeah. like oh by the way grogu actually is back on mount dantas right now because Luke came and got him dude that would be some uh, crazy i don't shit. think r2 would would be hanging out with a evil clone luke though so that, that's yeah probably but he's the, just a robot you just make another uh r2 unit that looks just paint him the same color <laughs> I just like saying Luke because of the the two U's. Yeah. I mean, was that a fan thing, or did they really spell the name L U U K E? Or you I, don't I, remember? Because I you, can't remember. I, anybody I out remember. there in the live stream is that just like a fan thing out there, or <laughs> was dark dark clone Luke? No, actually it, spelled it was actually L U U K E. Really? Uh, <laughs> Where's another reason? It was, that I, I don't I, feel I, bad I'll, that I'll I tell you the why. Legends. It's because the clone, like you were talking about, the 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 Sith that get it. Um, his name is Joris with two U's, J O R U U S. So he just made him L U K E. Yeah, so it. I still don't feel like I missed too much from the legends with that type of shit. Luke, <laughs> because my name is Luke. Uh, all right, well, Bill Burr, I We're thought I hated you in you're... Star Wars, but I, I quite appreciate what you've done. I, I actually yeah. think. Uh, I actually think a character like Mayfeld is needed in Star Wars. You know, Definitely. he's a little more, a little more hardcore than Solo, but that same kind of hard edge attitude. You know? Yeah. No, he's he's like a very grounded character too. So I really like how that character so spelled with two U's or two Utes, right? My cousin Vinny, <laughs> two Utes. It's two Utes. Excuse me. <laughs> All right, no, I watched I watch Jungle Cruise finally. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, and that one scene where, where Jesse from Breaking Bad is saying, uh, Jungle, Jungle. Young, yeah. He's like, no, he's like, use it in a sentence. <laughs> <laughs> that part he, was. He, he has like a German accent. He's trying to say jungle. But he's saying yeah. like, Jungle, Jungle. Jungle. It's a Jungle. <laughs> no, that movie's all right. I mean, it, 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 like you said, it's a little too long. I still think The Rock looked a, a little odd in his little sailor outfit. The, the hat? <laughs> yeah, I, I, you know what? 
that man could be it's, in anything and I'm still going to semi appreciate it. And I love Emily Blunt. So yeah, and I think the two fun. had pretty good chemistry together. Mm-hmm. Um, it was fun. Plus was the dude, uh, what's it? McGregor, the, the, the gay man. I thought he was, he was pretty fun. Too, oh dude, so. he was great. He was great. <laughs> in it. Yeah, no, I really liked him too. Yeah. No, well, they the put cast- that paint on him. He's like, Ooh, look, they've, they put me in their tribe. And he's like, yeah, yeah that's the, tattoo that's, ink. Yeah. That's going to be on for a while. <laughs> Uh, no, I like that. Like the whole cast of that movie really interacted well. Like you said, there was a good chemistry between everybody. It was just a little too long. Like you cut 15, 20 minutes from that movie and it's the perfect length. So um, anyway, speaking of the perfect length of movie, we're going to move into a, a conversation about uh, Taika Waititi's upcoming Star Wars film. And by conversation, I mean a three and a half minute long talk yeah, on not, the nothing that he gave us it's not much but it should make you feel good if you're a taika fan yeah. and you're interested to see what he's going to do with star wars yeah so uh he had a, a little conversation with wired uh over the weekend and it was mostly due to the fact that thor uh love and thunder had wrapped production but it once you're attached to star wars every interview you do is a star wars interview so of course the question came up about you know what he's going to be doing next after Thor Love and Thunder. He says that he's going to be diving headlong into his Star Wars movie. And they asked him, like, can you tell us anything about it? Uh, and uh, the, he, here are the couple of quotes that he gave. He said, it's still set in the EXT space stage. If you have ever read like uh, scripts. A screenplay. Yeah, yeah. Th- that's how they, they say things. Uh, but we've got a story. I'm really excited by it because it feels very me right there that's the that's the key sentence that that, that was really the big takeaway from this whole article i'm really excited by it because it feels very me and if you've seen taika movies recently ragnarok um what's what's the homeboy one we liked the the nazi one jojo rabbit jojo's rabbit even Uh, free guy tv show free Uh, guy did you see it i want to see i saw so we saw free guy this weekend yeah. If I took a five-year-old to it, would she hate it? Like, oh, no, it, dude, she just, would love it. She would love it because it's like video gamey. And, you know, I tried to sell her on the trailer and, and she only she stuck with it for about 30 seconds. It was like, yeah, fuck this. It looks stupid. bright, bright colors and stuff. No, dude, it's I know. Like, I, I thought like I thought like the HUD or something it would be like animation. Maybe that could loop her in because, you know, I've showed her other PG-13. I'm not so much worried about the. The, the, the swear words like it's just like yeah. is it content that is she just gonna gloss over and fucking be like can we get out of here dad or fall asleep type of shit but no, dude, Taika, i think she he, would i think she would stay with it he's it what the the bad guy in free guy yeah Taika so is? like essentially yeah. free guy is a is a movie about a video game um that has a like artificial intelligence built into its npcs and one of the npcs like goes off on a tangent and like essentially become sentient and taika plays the creator of the game this guy antoine and he's hilarious dude he's just like this he's like a new zealand bro like he's like super bro in it it's great it's great but the movie itself is also really just good straight up yes Um, what we do in the shadows that's his his that's his tv show that just got renewed and that is also another fucking hilarious show it's it's so good. I just I mean, how many times can we say hilarious with Tyka? So I think it's pretty clear what this yeah. guy does, and, and that's why I'm going to circle all the way back to the line. I f- I'm really excited because it feel because it feels very me. Yeah, and that that is that's exciting to me because 
I mean, you saw what the guy did for Thor. He essentially made Thor the shithead of the MCU. Yeah. And to me, at least, after Ragnarok, Thor became a fucking rock star. Yeah, he also resurrected that franchise because by all accounts, Chris Hemsworth was essentially done with Thor before Ragnarok. He's like, this character's flat. There's nothing you can do with it. It's just like, it's just bullshit. And then, like, Taika comes in, does Ragnarok, and then fucking... Hemsworth is in love with Thor again. Yeah, man. So, I mean, look, here's the thing. If like if it's it's if it's very Taika, then you can expect a very different Star Wars movie. Like people are bitching and And it's not like it's not like he does slapsticky humor. It's it's intelligent humor. Like I mean, all the stuff he he had uh, Gladiator Gladiator Hulk and Thor doing was fucking hilarious like even yeah. when he was re- even when he went back to Bruce was hilarious jumping out of the fucking plane yeah. and not being able to change and you see Ruffalo just thud off of the Bifrost bridge do, like, even like uh, if you want to take it in a direction that like Star Wars people may be a little bit more able to to kind of wrap their head around like Jojo Rabbit's probably the better example because it's taking a very serious subject matter, which yeah, is that, that's Hitler, a good call. like Hitler youth towards the end of World War Two. But he extracts comedy and he extracts emotion from it. Mm-hmm. And like you watch, that's why he that movie won an Oscar. Like right. you watch that movie and you're like, you know, you're watching a movie about Hitler youth. And he won it. Nick, he won it for writing, right? He won it for screenplay. Yeah. Best screenplay. So like yeah, which is literally him vomiting out his thoughts on the paper so that yeah. that's a, he is a good writer if anything but i also think he's a great director i mean the guy uh, i i know i'm late to the taika ytt fan bandwagon because i i mean obviously i didn't know shit until he did ragnarok but but since then i i mean it, it's kind of like the rock as silly as that sounds or, or tom cruise i'm gonna go check out their fucking projects yeah dude. Uh, because i, mean, I just- can trust them all of them, even though they're all different people, they all do different things in Hollywood. I can trust that I'm at least going to get entertained. I may not love the the, the narrative, or I'm, it may not change my life, but I know for two hours or so, I'm gonna I'm gonna be entertained, smiling, if not maybe letting out some uh, you know laugh out loud. Yeah. So I mean, I think that it's definitely going to be a little bit of a change in terms, of, probably tonally for star wars which it needs i mean like go back and watch all of the nine skywalker films like we need a tonal change to star wars because the tonality has always been the same like it's yeah, always like probably been... not your mom's on the phone jokes right yeah like, it, like nothing TLJ. like that like that i mean i i wasn't as offended as many people but after a while it does it, it does get pretty slapsticky that whole scene yeah i just i don't think that taika doesn't do gags i mean it's just it's how he writes and the situations he gets his characters in which produces the the interesting scenes yeah so i think that he will have a very different interesting and probably excellent take on the universe and I mean, we still don't like it's speculated that he's writing a story about like the dawn of the Jedi, essentially like early days. So you you don't have anything to attach yourself to either. So it's not like you're going to go in there and be like, he made Luke Skywalker pee his pants or something like that. Like, (laughs) you know, like you're going to have nothing that you hold sacred in this movie because it's completely unattached from anything that you've ever seen before. So unless you're just the type of person who doesn't like who only likes Star Wars one way, then 
I don't see a reason why. I, I mean, Nick, I don't know about you. I'm more excited for Tyka's project than Rogue Squadron. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, Rogue Squadron is going to be an iteration on something that we've already seen and we already kind of know about. You know, I mean, like to a degree, Rogue Squadron is is taking the familiar and just presenting it to you through a yeah. different lens. And, 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 hey, don't get me wrong. There's nothing against Patty. I love Star Wars familiar too, but like Nick was saying, it's probably time, kind of like they've been trying in live action, trying new things in Star Wars. It probably is time for a Star Wars movie to uh, maybe not be so goddamn serious. Maybe adopt a, a slightly lighter tone. I don't think Star Wars is... Maybe doesn't even really have the MCU's potential for humor, but a little more levity uh, probably isn't going yeah. to hurt it, and, and it would definitely make it feel unique. Yeah, and that's one of the. He also commented on that. So, like, a one of the interviewer questions was like, you know, how do you match Star Wars with your irreverent tone? Which is like, I, I wouldn't necessarily call his movies irreverent, but he, he said this. He says, I tend to go down. Uh, that little sincerity alleyway in my films. I like to fool the viewer into thinking, ha ha, it's this, and then them going, damn it, you made me feel something. So like I was saying with Jojo Rabbit, like you're you're getting comedy thrown at you in this situation where you're like, should I be laughing? This is about right. Nazi Germany. Yeah. But then, and then at you the see end the little it, kid's mom hanging yeah, from the and Nazis then, and you're like, oh, Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> so like he hits you with the emotions. He hits you with the comedy and it all makes sense the way he yeah. does it. So yep. I think that Star Wars needs something like that. You can only watch. I mean, we've already gotten 11 movies where essentially like the only tonally different one was Solo. Like all of the other ones, including Rogue One prequels, sequels, uh, all of them tonally were pretty much. Yeah, they're all pretty heavy. Yeah. You know, bad guys are terrible and the good guys are, are, are a merry band yeah. of heroes that are going up against insurmountable odds. Yeah. Like you sprinkle a couple of laughs in there and then that's kind of the Star Wars formula. Solo went a little bit outside of that. It like gave, it gave you a different lens at it and, you know, people hated it. But, you know, <laughs> <laughs> but that's the thing is like when you have a like a franchise like Star Wars, that's essentially done the same exact thing for fucking 50 years almost. When you when you make one tweak to the formula, people fucking start to cry like little bitches. So um, but this guy is not an Oscar winner for no reason. Like I, I feel very safe in his hands. So uh, I, I am extremely looking forward to his movie. Nick, I, uh, I know you don't go on Instagram a lot, but I, I steady got ad affected on oh, Instagram no. from Enzo Rings. Oh, really? Yeah, they, they make like these rubber Star Wars, like officially licensed Star Wars rings. Yeah. Uh, they're 44 bucks a piece, or you could buy the whole set for 200 <laughs> So as a man that set? doesn't wear jewelry outside of his wedding band, I was like, oh yeah, I definitely need the $200 set with six rings in it. <laughs> And they showed up, and I'll tell you what, they're fucking badass. I got got by Instagram advertising, and it turned out to be a pretty good buy. I'm wearing uh, the Mando today. Hey. Uh, but the set comes with a Mando, a Vader, a Stormtrooper, a Grogu, who's green, and R2, who's blue. Yep, I'm and a C-3PO who's yellow, but yeah, there you I got go. got. I just thought, because I know some of you motherfuckers that are on Instagram as much as I do and are farting around in Star Wars content, I know you've gotten that Enzo Rings ad, and I'm the idiot that clicked on it and went fully down the rabbit hole and, and, and added it to cart. And they're here. <laughs> 
but I'm happy. I no longer have to wear a wedding wing. Wing. Blah, 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 wedding uh, wing. A wedding ring that always feels like it's going to fall off because I got married when I was kind of fucking fat. <laughs> um, so <laughs> it's nice go. to have one that if I jump into a water, I don't have to do the like the thumb hold maneuver. Yeah. Right? To, to make Maybe. sure it doesn't fall off. So got to get that resized. Go. I got fucking sold, man. I got capitalism. <laughs> there we go. Ridiculous. All right. We got one other nothing piece to hit you guys with before we get into the fan segment this weekend. Steady is- nothing, Nick, but I think this is the, the first um, kind of the first warning for uh, Star Wars Day 2021. Yeah. So Disney has announced Disney Plus Day for November 12th, 2021. Do you um, not think it's going to be similar to the event last December where Kathleen was like, and this character gets a show, and this character gets a show, and this franchise gets a show? Or is this more going to be, hey, maybe here's a look at Kenobi? Yeah, I think it may focus... Or Book the, of Boba. The, the, the one last year, it was like a... Yeah, I mean, it was it was very different. It was a very special event, and it was more of like... but like. Like, we all remember that. Like, we remember, like, the big fucking, the dick on the table. Here's all the shit coming out for for Disney Plus, for Star Wars and Marvel. But honestly, like, most of that call before that was like, all right, the 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 numbers for APAC on Hulu, this is like, there was a lot of like, it was like a business call mostly. But I think that this will be kind of like going over like, hey, here are all the announced projects that you guys know about. Here's a first look at them. Um, yeah, so uh, maybe November twelfth we'll get, we'll get uh, I hope it's not the first trailer. Maybe the, it's like the a last trailer, <laughs> a sizzle reel for Book of Boba. You know, maybe maybe you'll get a a little B roll look at Kenobi at that point in time. They would definitely have a few months under the belt in Kenobi post to have some footage posted. Uh, but I, I don't know. I, I I just I have a feeling like November twelfth we're gonna get something Star Wars related. Oh yeah, because uh, I don't, I don't think you 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 whip out a Disney Plus day without honoring the franchise that essentially turned your streaming service into an overnight success. Yeah, and definitely. Let's be real. The, the Mandalorian is why, and Star Wars content is why Disney Plus is where it's at today. Yes, in 2021, the MCU stuff started to kick in, but until then. You know, uh, you know, all of 19 and 20, it was Star Wars and you don't generate those uh, subscriber numbers, which Nick is telling me they're already, you know, they're a few million away from Netflix already. And they've only been around. They'll be around two years this November, two fucking years. They've caught up to Netflix. But I believe most of that ground was made up on the backs of Star Wars fans and the Star Wars content. So if you're going to have a Disney Plus day, you got to bend the knee to star wars and in honor in some capacity right yeah absolutely i mean there's no way that you're not going to have either an announcement of new series showing off already you know like some footage from already announced series doing some sort of big reveals for upcoming stuff that we don't know about yet i think that this is going to be yeah they, they may turn this into like the hey here's what's coming in the next year like just kind of like what we got. And, last you know, we didn't read the whole tweet, but, you know, as a fan of music, I'm pretty sure Peter Jackson's Beatles documentary is going to be pretty fucking fantastic, too. So, yeah, yeah. 
Um, I've been getting back into documentaries with this 100 Foot Wave, uh, episode five debuted on Sunday on HBO Max. It's, I don't know, man. They're, they're just, it, it's good TV to put on and make you think a little bit. Taylor and, and I have watched the first two of that so far. And it, it is, just, it's really good. It's just fascinating. Like, I know you, you, you don't know shit about surfing. I don't know right. shit about <laughs> surfing. But I know watching these people try to ride 100 foot waves and essentially water that would kill almost any of us, even if we just dabbled on the beach. Yeah. Like it, it, the undertow so strong there, it would suck you out and put you in the washing machine. And if you can't hold your breath for minutes at a time, you're dead. You're, yeah, you're like just there, gone. There's a reason people like that Grant guy on the show train underwater with boulders yeah. running them and stacking them it's so they can get used to having no breath for minutes at a time yeah um but my god it, it is wait till you wait till you advance and see what nazare turns into it, it's yeah. crazy what what they accomplished there yeah we will definitely continue to watch all right um but yeah i mean that's so that's the news disney plus day november 12th 2021 keep your eyes out uh, we're likely going to get first looks at potentially Kenobi. We may get, like Matt said, a sizzle reel for Book of Boba. Hey, you know, we we may even get some some announcements of stuff that we haven't even heard of yet. Right. Uh, yeah. Official, maybe even official just castings, like, anything. Yeah. Castings or, hey, Ahsoka is going to go in production in 2022, stuff like that. I just I don't know. That That's kind of why I, I kind of made a big deal of it in our Slack. Like, I don't know. I, I have a feeling this is going to be similar to the event last year. That was kind of a celebration of Disney Plus, its its achievements, but also kind of the uh, blueprints moving forward for Star Wars, MCU, all that fun stuff. Yeah, exactly. Um, so yeah, that's in, that's in God's hands. What's what's in God's hands? As long as it's not just a religious thing, I'll check it out. But I, I can't deal with like. I think is that that I don't I don't remember because I saw there's actually I know it sounds familiar documentaries that are coming out recently about like the pray the gay away stuff like I don't know if that's what that is or not oh oh never mind in God's hands 1998 movie about okay three pro surfers uh that travel to Madagascar in search of the ultimate wave all right, that's funny because now what they're doing, like this is pussy shit compared to what Grant and them are doing at, at Nazare or Nazare as the Portuguese call it. I really? mean, 40 foot. I mean, Grant gets a record not to spoil anything, Nick, but I, I think he gets the first record for like 78, right? Seven, so. seven, yeah, that, this, that was season two. Uh, I mean, not season two, episode two when he got the 78 foot weight. Yeah. But no, the, the title makes perfect sense because I, I really think that's what it is. I mean... I guess you could at least say destiny and or fate may be real when you watch what these fuckers do and they don't die every time they go out. I mean, yeah. it's, it's absolutely batshit nuts. Yeah, it's insane. See, you know, I've body surfed some big waves and just knowing what that can feel like and, and the grass, the hold the ocean can get on you after it, it crests. I, I can't even imagine what it feels like to get hit by, by an 80 footer. Yeah, no, and, you, and just washed up and put into the washing machine. It's just fucking crazy. Your your body would just crumple. Have you like, have you gotten to the point where the the Brazilians come? No, so that's uh, the next episode. Ne- okay. Episode three. All right. Well, so they, we're gonna... now you're gonna see what happens when people aren't fully prepared to surf those waves. So. <laughs> all right, there we go. Uh, all right, yeah. I, I don't know. I like. Uh, I guess I really like surfing documentaries. I mean, I like the ocean in general, but fuck, I, I want to go to Nazare now. 
not to surf, just to fucking just to see look it. at it, <laughs> just, just to, to see sit, it, like sit it, on it, the lighthouse. And just I think that's it. what impresses me more than anything. It's just the visuals that these people get in this town of these yeah. waves coming up at this. What is it like a 15th century lighthouse? Lighthouse, yeah. It, and it looks the way that the the land is. It looks like the waves are going to come over this cliff and kill everybody. Um, it, it's badass. Yeah, it's pretty All right. awesome. Thank you, Brando, for the uh, recommendation. recommendation. I'll, I'll add it to my list of stuff to turn on when I may or may not be falling asleep. Uh, <laughs> but I, I do that with a 100-foot wave. It has nothing to do with In God's Hands. All right, Nick, it's time for that fan segment. We're, we're rounding third here, about ready to take everyone home. Uh, I did do a question of the week, even though no one really wanted to participate. So we'll read these very quickly, and then we'll get into the top five. It'd be nice if uh, Slack would actually pop up. There you go. You can, I got it pulled up so I can right. read the first. So right, question yeah, you, of the week you, you was just start reading. Yeah. What was your favorite moment from the Bad Batch season one? Not just the finale, the whole thing. There you go. First off, apparently from, that was that was too much for everyone, because I think we got five to sit comments there, oh and, and one story response. Their so. brains are too small. They can't think that quickly. Uh, but Ripic Tan could. And he says, very cool first season. Number one, Omega and Rekka's relationship stood out. Number two, Noted. the animation. Excellent. Number three, the humor. Still love that. Uh, is there an echo in here, Joe? Agree. Number four, Kevin Kiner brought that music heat. Number five. He did, he did steal a little bit from Williams there in part one that really put him over the top. Used, but Kevin did a good job. Yeah. Number five, the secret Imperial base. Number Tantus six. confirmed. Cad effing Bane, he and says. You will not see the last of him. That's for damn and he sure. He will be so back. Good, good list there, Ripic. He will be back. New comments are here at Tones1138. Don't know who this guy is. Says he absolutely loved the full He's season. Mr. Mount Tantus himself. <laughs> yes, indeed. <laughs> but the inclusion of more Legends content made me happy. Scorch from Republic Commando and the confirmation of Mount Pantus, like we were just saying, in the planet Wayland. Love how Filoni keeps giving the nods to some of the best EU reference content that they had to pick from. Agreed, Tones. Agreed. Binary Sunset Photography says the return of Cad Bane and Toto. I feel bad for Toto still. That poor little droid. Yeah, Cad is not a nice guy. Clearly. He's not. Not very nice. All right. Next, I up, just started clipping the whole yeah, shit no, at this the whole point. Thing. Like, Next it. up, Raz Hadar Pro says, seeing the clone commandos and wondering how Omega has an Australian accent. It's a New Zealand accent, Raz Hadar Pro. And it's uh it's because that's what Django Fed had. Uh I know that's not how accents work either. I it is kind of weird when you think about that. Like accents don't actually it doesn't matter where you're born, your accent is what you hear when you're growing up. So if anything, she should talk just like not Yeah, listen. that that <laughs> falls into the the nurture category when it, when you yeah. talk about nature versus nurture for sure. Indeed it does. Uh less left coast graphics says Kenner Hammerhead. Is that was that like a like a toy that they used? No, it's the, uh, you know, the Athorian that was featured in oh, Sid's bar. Well, yeah. He's dressed just like Hammerhead was in the Kenner action figure. The Kenner you know, action figure. That's kind of what he, gotcha, gotcha. yeah, he kind of became named that. And, and they, like, they did this in the, in the final season of Clone Wars. Dave specifically put characters in the background that were modeled after the first wave of the uh, Kenner, Kenner action figures. Gotcha. Okay. 
And then Toy Imagination says, for me, everything with Cad Bane. A lot of Cad so, Bane homers out there. I know, right? And, that, like, out of all of that, people really attach themselves to, to the cat. So, uh, but yeah, I mean, rightfully so. He was a very popular character in Clone Wars, and we never really know, knew his true fate. Like, it really was big, and it's because of the now aborted duel. I mean, that, that, it was huge for a lot of nuts like us that thought, okay, well, off screen, he gets wasted. We just never saw it because of the sale to, to Disney. But like he's known to do, Filoni is reversing course, rebooting things with Cad, and, and I believe Cad will, will definitely show up in the Bad Batch a few more times. And I still think the, the Boba Fett duel, if not covered in Book of Boba, is ripe for a retelling in Bad Batch. Yeah, agreed. Agreed. So there we go. Thank you all for the responses to the question of the week. We may put this motherfucker on hold for a little while. Uh, while yeah, it's going to get tough no again. Questions. I'm actually going to have to start start thinking about questions of the week. Yeah, now, I was say, there's, there's no we can't easy, take the easy way out. There's no easy one. Write your own Star Wars movie in the comments. No, don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, all but, right uh, well it's time to move into the final segment of the day everyone's favorite or at least those who join the live stream and that is the top five star wars fan artist features of the week counting eight nine through eight sixteen real quick i'll do my spiel if you are new here since there were you know a couple hundred new downloads last week uh, if you want to get involved with this and you find yourself to be a Star Wars fan that likes to dabble in some art, maybe some tattoos, you never know. It really doesn't matter. You could even make art with your fecal matter and we may share it. But to do so, we need to be aware of your existence. So the best way to let us know that you are here and you want to get mixed up in the SWTS is to follow us on Instagram at Star Wars Time Show. You know how to spell it. No hyphens like some of you. Okay, just Star Wars Time Show, all one word, and use the hashtag Star Wars Time Show. That way, every morning when I wake up, I scroll through the tags and uh, hashtags, and I will feature, you know, these days, sometimes 15 shots in the morning, maybe eight, maybe five, maybe 20. You never know. I'll do that (laughs) for a week straight. And then on Monday, when the big boss gets up and he starts getting ready for a new week of shows, he picks the top five. That's right. Nick is the man that makes the final selections to be honored on our weekly podcast slash live stream. And that's where we are. So, Nick, who is the first champion of the week? The first champion of the week is at Darth Collector. Ah, returning champion. Returning champion. And this is just like a, a clean little Qui-Gon Jinn portrait. I totally. mean, great lighting also, here. I would say the lighting is fantastic. The, the, the post-processing, the effects that he put on the lightsaber are just stunning. Like, it, mm-hmm. it really does capture the, the essence of Qui-Gon Jinn perfectly with this, with this very uh, top-notch portrait we have here. I, I will say, when it comes to making digital lightsabers... Green is one of the best because it just it's a color that just pops so hard, especially in this dark light. So we're, we're, we're looking at the Hot Toys Qui-Gon Jinn. It's a portrait. Uh, he's got his poncho on from uh, Mos Espa and he's got his blade up. And that, that's what you see. You basically see from the top of the hilt in his head. That, that's the frame. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, it's, it's, it's that 
the the lighting and the the green blade like green just pops red yeah. lightsabers sometimes suck especially if you have a lighter background blue lightsabers can pop pretty much what i'm saying if you want your lightsabers to really come out of the screen make sure all your backgrounds are dark <laughs> yeah put them in put them in the dark <laughs> But yeah, I mean, they, like he, they do wash out on on lighter backgrounds. Yeah, with the, I mean, the post processing. Really, the thing, like just the small things, like the atmospheric effects that he catches around the blade with like those yeah, little particles yeah. and like this, like the the smoke or you know whatever it is that's around that blade. Just it is. Really it's just the the lighting is is damn near perfect. I love yeah. it. So beautiful shot at Darth Collector on the Instagram. Next up, we have a din and grogu shot but there's a little bit more to it from random one random and then zero ne on instagram and what we see is we have din and grogu sitting on the delorean <laughs> from and then in the background you can see you got some x-men figures there you got wolverine oh, yeah. you got deadpools and some others that i really can't see off in the background but it's just a, a nice little mashup shot. I could see Din kicking around in a DeLorean. Yeah, honestly. the Mandalorian DeLorean. I mean, it makes yeah. it, it makes sense. It's perfect. That that this is actually what he is going to be flying around in season three. By the way, I hope so. I you know, fucking the, the, the hope crest so. is gone. Fucking Marty's gonna show up on the Varro and be like, "Oh shit, what am I doing here?" Din's just gonna fucking shoot him in the face because he doesn't ask questions. <laughs> and there they go. They're gonna get the DeLorean and time travel and fix uh, the Rise of Skywalker and all that stuff. Did you know what I said? I have said multiple times to Taylor. One, after seeing uh, like uh, Back to the Future one again recently, that may be like the most perfect sci-fi movie ever made. It's been, like, a while. it's been years since I've watched those. Go watch Back to the Future 1. The only thing that's like questionable is in the very beginning, like the way that they get the plutonium to run the, the, the DeLorean is from like Lebanese terrorists or something. It's like weird. Like that part's weird, but that whole movie is like damn near perfect. There's nothing wrong with it. And also I've told Taylor multiple times that... Eventually, when I have in, in a rich and powerful man, I just want to buy a DeLorean. Like I, I want to own a DeLorean. And they're actually really shitty cars, and that's why they they kind of died out. But they are highly collectible. Yeah, I know. I was like, you can you can find them here. I think there there's actually like an official DeLorean, like after like resale like yeah. dealership no, it's, in it's Texas. It's like a club. I mean, it's 100% like a club. It's like Corvettes yeah. and, and whatnot. It's a I mean, my, my buddy's dad had one and I've, I've been in one and uh, they are interesting, but they're not so interesting anymore in the year 2021 <laughs> when I can get in my truck and it basically has like a TV screen in the middle of the console. I know. <laughs> Apple Play, CarPlay and all this shit. You get in a DeLorean. I mean, it, it, it's you know, from the eighties. Yeah, I know. It looks it's like just, shit. It's like all analog, no digital. Nothing. <laughs> it's just so cool. It's such an iconic vehicle, especially if it you're is. a fan. Of and that, I mean, in this shot, it just really Mando and DeLorean's back to the future have no reason being mashed together, but it just fucking works here. Cause I mean, you could say it's Pedro Pascal doing some cosplay sitting on the yeah, hood of his car. Right? It still looks, it just is a, a great shot. I believe tones, initially dropped this in our discord like i don't know who did this but it, it's awesome and I, I ultimately found the artist at random one like nick said yeah um it's just i don't know man pedro you know he's he's a beautiful looking man he's a bad looking man when he wants to and he just looks like yeah this is my fucking time machine 
and you're going to have to kill me if you want to take it. It's so great. The man and the DeLorean. There we go. Uh, this next one here, this one's from uh, at Black Series. You all know him, BLKSRS. I came back to this shot multiple times. Like I was going through and I was picking the top five and like I clicked on this shot from Zay and I, I was like, I'll, and then I kept scrolling and then I was going back up and I clicked on it again. And I was like, and then I clicked on it three times before. I was like, there's something that keeps drawing. Yeah, me you, you to had this to shot. pick it at that point. Like, yeah, you, you like, had your brain was not going to let you not pick it. Yeah, and it's, it's, he it's does, I mean, go ahead and black, hit him with what at, we got. At BLK SRS, he, he has the ability to take extremely simple shots and, and as Nick says, make them very eye catching. And, you know, this isn't taken away from from anything he's done. But if you go read this post, he literally says I was running out the door to do something and I saw the way the light was coming through my fence. So I quickly (laughs) grabbed my ray and did a shot in like 15 minutes. So, I mean, this was like just a random setup. He saw the light was was doing something that got his brain going. And before he had to go to his appointment or whatever, he just threw down Ray and Dio and took a snap, sprayed some aerosol, and here we go. Yeah. I just that's what he does. He he takes the 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 simple and makes it look refined. Uh, I mean, I've tried shooting with a fence as a background, and it always looks like there's a fucking fence <laughs> back there. It doesn't look right. <laughs> but as Nick said, there is some about this shot. It's just I don't know, it's the way he frames it. Maybe, maybe it's the aperture he's using. It's just it 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 Nick is right. It, it's hard to scroll by it. Yeah, it it just like I don't know what it evoked, but like I I, I look at it and it's it's just Ray and Dio there and yeah, they're walking it's just through. It's clean, and like, man. It's perfect light, perfect atmosphere. It's what it yeah. is. It's I don't know. Sometimes it's that simple, I guess. Like sometimes it's literally I like the light. Fifteen minutes with your camera and then boom he's yep. got it and then yep. you know i mean i guess that's why zay is zay and he's got fifty six thousand followers and he's a you know a, a professional at this kind of thing so um i mean, I mean be- before just- i was all fucked up with this hobby that's more or less what i did i'd be like okay i got a window i grab my toys all right right here right in the yard fuck it no not worrying about lights i got the sun boom done all right next shot boom done all right and then, you know, you try to get cute and do setups and <laughs> dios and light rigs and figure stands and wire and fireworks. And hey, that's hey, fun, too. But next, but sometimes next week, you're, you will yeah, have you the ultimate person in there to tell you how uh, how all this goes. That's you're right. Gonna have, that's uh, right. Mr. Jacks in Mr. here. Mr. Jacks himself. Plastic yeah. action plastic is due action. to make his Star Wars time show debut next week. And... Yeah. I should be joined by one of our first ever guests. Not not the dork. Sir Dork is he he's always number one. He's still the OG. Uh, he's still the number backup one. wingman. He was the first one to do it. And he actually did it twice. And the only reason you didn't hear him the second time is because he forgot to record his stem. Uh but we, we don't have to worry about that anymore. So yeah, my uh hopefully, unless schedules change, we'll be starting next week talking to Plastic Action about his meteoric rise up the toy photography ranks. I mean, well into pop culture. I mean, he, he's crossed over and everything. Uh, but my wingman is not going to be Nick. It, it's hopefully going to be work more or less. Mr. Jason Young is going to be coming back to the show. Yeah. 
not for an interview, just to sit here and keep me company as as Nick leaves me for greener pastures. I will be on birthday vacation. My birthday is August nineteenth, right. and then uh, Taylor and I oh, are. That's right. You, to go you share to... Heather's birthday. So. Yes, we do. That's so I will Nick's be. Birthday's coming up on Thursday. He's going to be what, like thirty three. 33. 33 getting yeah. old dude getting old. i know but uh we're gonna be in denver for a week so that is All that right. is well, our make sure from. to make sure to hit some of the head shops there. oh don't worry we will our, our airbnb host has already like she gave us like <laughs> recommendations of place to go and there were like two dispensaries <laughs> yeah. up on the list <laughs> yeah so they, they know their clientele like okay yeah. people are coming to visit colorado they're not coming here to see the fucking mountains they're coming here <laughs> to get some good old legal recreational drugs yeah exactly so uh that should Perfect. be a banger though i mean that interview is going to be so much better because if it was me interviewing uh jacks i would have nothing to say i mean honestly another Nick, professional I, I may just... there with you yeah, I may just shut the fuck up and let the two pros talk to each other because, I mean, I anytime I talk to an artist, I am completely just pulling shit out of my ass. Like, oh, yeah, you learned this skill, don't I? Yeah, oh, that lighting and that. Uh-huh. I don't know fucking shit. Like, I don't know anything <laughs> about being creative. Uh, so, yeah, I'll just let Jason interview Jax. But, no, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. It should be fun. Hopefully, uh, we get a little bit longer than the 30 minutes uh, Jack said he could give us. Cause you know, he's, he's yeah. a big deal. He's a, he's, a he's busy, but I mean, any time with him is great. I mean, I wish I could be there for that one, honestly, because he is like some of the work that Jax has done. has just been like mind blowing, but it, it's Bro, actually he, better he for went, the show. Like, I can remember, I, I believe when I first came across him, he was sub 10,000 followers. He's now on his way to like 300,000. I mean, yeah, it is, it is stupid the growth he's had like like we're talking becoming a real celebrity yeah no it's it's insane like he's 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 far and beyond like he's at 160,000 plus followers on instagram and i mean like it's just yeah i mean i think that's more than ronnie the limo driver from the stern show so i mean he's he's making waves here yeah, it's, All right. it's crazy. Sorry, sorry, Zay, to steal your thunder, but there you go. At yeah. Black Series, uh, at Black BLK SRS just did that one. And and we're trying yeah. to get you on the I show, I would say too. Wait, one gonna... day, maybe he'll join us yeah. for, for a show. We'll see. Yeah, because we'll uh, Jason B. Michael, he he's capitalizing on He already got the C, uh, C3PO brothers all together for a stream. He had Zay, <sighs> Spencer, and Jason. Why do, so, you know, he kind of beat us to the punch us? there. Did we do... <laughs> Is it me? Well, you Does know the why they hate us because of me. Like, me? Uh, if I would just go away, I actually think you could get a pretty good following <laughs> but, going but here. See, the thing is, is like I think that normal people hate you, but the, the toy photographers hate me because they're like, he that doesn't is, know what yeah, he's talking like, about. Like, what is yeah, he it's doing? Like normal, normal, <laughs> sane individuals think I am way too much, but other unstable people, they see me as like their champion. They're like, wow, this guy's fucking crazy he might be crazier than i am i can get behind that (laughs) where yeah you're right i'm a little too much for some people at least in in this life here yeah six 71 sorry (laughs) sometimes joe here klondike can get me doing like some stern show fred tourette's fred drop tourette's here (laughs) (laughs) all right there we go thank you at blksrs for this awesome shot next up in the top five is at Burkhead Toys. He was in the chat. He may still be in the chat right now. And this is a cool shot of the armorer <laughs> making a nice little, nice little uh, yeah. uh, helmet for Grogu. You can see she's got the tongs. 
Grogu's in in Mando. I mean, Nick, this is kind of a it's kind of a prequel shot to a shot we we featured months ago from uh, at Burkhead Toys, yeah. where we actually saw Grogu wearing the helmet. Where, yeah, the full. So helmet. now, um, you know, Adam did the the nice thing and kind of created a prequel for this. We actually get to see the forging of Grogu's Beskar helmet, and it's as it's as great as I expected. Oh yeah, um, I, I mean, see, I didn't know when I saw that you picked Burkhead. I didn't know if you're going to go with this one, or it, but I also think his wrecker on a wrecking ball shot was in this week. Oh yeah, that that one. Did you was, remember seeing that one? Yeah, I did. I did. <laughs> I, I mean, that, that one's like, really good. Too. Coming in a wrecker ball. Like, you just hear him sing like, oh yeah, <laughs> coming in a wrecking ball. Oh, oh my head. Um, yeah, Burkhead. He he always excels at what I call like the see. I even put it there. The hashtag Star Wars humor type of shots. Uh, creative setups, you know, type of st- uh, scenes people would not think about. You know what I mean? Like yeah. And, and Grogu's mini helmet, like I said, we, we've loved Burkhead's version of that since since he debuted it months ago. Uh, but it was nice to kind of get the uh, the story behind the mask, right? Now, now yeah. we're seeing how uh, Grogu's helmet was forged. And just like Din's full Beskar kit, the armorer did it for him right there in the beautiful, covert. So Beautiful stuff. So Good scene there. At Burkhead Toys on the IG, go give him a follow. And then, yes, if you go on his feed, you can see that uh, that wrecking wrecker on a wrecking. Yeah, let's ball pull shot. it up real quick because uh, it's a fun shot. It's, it is it's a, a fun, fun setup. He's actually got He's two got of like, them. Yeah, there's two. One I, without I the helmet, the first and one, one with the helmet. Yeah. Yeah, I sh- he's coming in like a racquetball <laughs> on the first one. The second one's just a, a tighter crop with the helmet, and you're getting some crazy light rays through that back yeah, panel. Yeah, through the background. Uh, but good stuff. Check them out at Burkehead Toys, B-U-R-K-E-H-E-D-T-O-Y-S on Instagram. There we go. And last but not least for this, this week. Is, this, this is, is what, fucking stellar. This, this might this be my so favorite cool. one. It's so cool. So it's, this a po- is from, it's a poster shot, right? Yeah. Like this is, you want to hang this in your house. Exactly. Before this your is wall falls over. A movie. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so this is from at photog.raffi. Get it? Photography. Except it's split. Clever. And his name is Raffi. Um, so what we see here is a, I mean, I don't even know if this is a mashup. I mean, it's kind of a mashup. What you have is Kylo and Ray outside like hanging over the ropes of a boxing <laughs> ring and then you have finn shirtless in the full everlast boxing attire got the gloves yeah. got the shorts <laughs> got the boxing shoes on yeah they're, on a they're like the ring men yeah on a stool in the corner and then you got the cut man bb8 right there rolling up <laughs> uh i mean it's just a fucking crazy shot and the reason that it's i awesome. said that this was like a this could be like a mashup is because like i don't know if this was supposed to be like a like a creed shot was he like mimicking creed with these I, I characters i i think he just took some force awakened hot toys he had laying around with the mike tyson hot toy and it's like you know what i'm gonna plop finn's head on there and see what happens and, and this it is what fucking we got. looks great <laughs> i mean what it's happens so is fucking awesome. good i mean it is so good like finn 
I actually think the Hot Toys fin with Tyson's body probably is better than the TFA fin Hot Toys itself. Yeah, I mean, like this, Finn's Finn's head on that boxing body is perfect. It is, dude. Like you, I didn't even like. Yeah, that's fucking insane. That's he's got that good. scowl. Like his like his face is all scowled up. Like what you gonna do, motherfucker? I'll take yeah. you out round two. Ding ding ding. Right. I know, dude. It's uh, great. And then like these, but P- yeah, they, Ray, Ray's like the ring, the ring lady. She's, yeah. she's motivating him. Kylo, you know, maybe he's got the towels or the spit bucket. Yeah. Like you said, Ray's BB like, cut Ray's man. like Mickey. He's like, he's going to murder you in there. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. Yeah. Kylo would be, Kylo would be the bald guy then. Yeah. Right? He'd, he'd be, be Polly. He'd be guy cousin that, that crossed over from Apollo. <laughs> yeah. He, he came from Apollo's <laughs> camp to join. Rocky oh no. There yeah. Yeah. Ford. He's uh yeah. He's, he's Apollo's <laughs> trainer. Not Polly. Polly's drunk in the crowd somewhere <laughs> but but this this to me is just pure creativity and imagination it's like i just want to interview the interview the person like where did this idea come from did you see the tyson body and the fin you're like hey i could boop, boop, and Dude. get something out of this or did you think of putting them in a boxing scene yeah i don't know it's just i don't know where the idea came from what the genesis was but the end result is just pure Star Wars mashup world awesomeness. Dude, if you look at his account too, so photog.rafi has 3,500 followers. All of his other shots, you know, you had some that gets up to the 800s, mostly hanging around the two, 300 likes. This shot has 2,600 likes on his page. I mean, you could tell that it just fucking caught fire. Bang. And then, you know, hopefully this guy starts to see some, some growth on his account because of it i mean look, this dang, he's got nuts. some fucking great work i mean he's he doing like screenshot quality yeah like um, this shot Digi-Ramas. of hawkeye and and black widow from uh from endgame i mean <laughs> that's some good shit this this the do, one with you see this one of batman do you see the one of batman popping out of like the the, the steamer pot like go oh, down a little bit <laughs> it's like Batman. oh yeah in a, <laughs> yeah in a pot hot tub yeah. yeah oh man that's great Anybody care for some bat soup? Perfect. I mean, no, dude, he does good work. I mean, he does yeah, a lot good, of good, good compositing work. here. Good, really good one six scale shots. At least I think so. How do you like the beach scene where they're playing uh, I know, volleyball? With, yeah, with Leia's in a bikini, side boob just hanging all out. <laughs> yeah, the, the volleyball's a Death Star. R two's yeah. buried in the sand as a setter. Yeah, you got uh vader boba and a stormtrooper on the other side i mean it's all it's all great stuff it's great stuff but but this thing here uh the the boxing shot i mean like i said that that's a poster like that that's something you hang up and it will start conversations guaranteed you have this hanging in any room of your house star wars fan or not someone is going to ask you about it yeah exactly man i mean that's it's beautiful it's it's beautiful stuff so um at photog dot raffy totally. totally. excellent stuff. stuff good and pick nick there we go that's what i do i pick the good stuff and and matt we're at two hours and 20 minutes in the show and we're finished we're done not too so, bad yeah uh, we don't do this very often i know we kind of kept the foot on the gas we had a lot to get through when you really think about it. i mean there's there was a fair amount of bad batch to unpack uh, you know, it's like putting putting a season to bed and getting ready for the next season, plus some of the ties to Mando and Tross. So, hey, it did its job, but the bell has rung. It is time to end the Star Wars time show. The klaxon alarm is blaring upstairs. I need to return to my duties 
as the champion of a kindergartner who, even though they, she started last Friday, it's a staggered start, which means she's still home with me until Thursday. Uh, so she's been hanging out by herself there for about two hours. So hopefully she hasn't killed any of the cats, uh, gone outside and cause she just learned how to ride a bike now with no training wheels. So she's got that like, Hey, I'm a fucking pimp. I want to go explore the neighborhood type of, uh, aspirations yeah. these days, but Hey, it was fun. We got through it. Bad batch is gone. Wah. Uh, but we got visions coming up on September 22nd. So I'm sure we'll have a cast dedicated to that. I doubt I'm going to do any videos cause they're shorts and it is DK. It is not Canon. It's just, you know, far out, but it looks fucking bitching. So my friends, if you're new here, or even if you are a longtime fan, though, make sure to head on over to StarWarsTime.net just to check out our home base. More importantly, it'll have all the content to support the hot air we just expelled on this live stream. It also has the jump off points to subscribe to the show on all the podcast platforms. All right. Thank you for the number bump last week. I know I kind of lamented the fact that our numbers are getting worse and worse every week of the summer, uh, but there was a bump last week. Who knows? Was it the exclusive in the title? Was it something we said about the Bad Batch finale? Nick and I will never forget out our tra- figure out our traffic patterns, but maybe you all can help us by bringing more bodies and you yourself being more engaged. And you can do that through StarWarsTime.net. If you do sub to a podcast platform, or if you are subbed and you haven't done so yet, rate and review. Even if it's just a a, a rate, right? Click on the, 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 give us three out of five if you have to. Four out of five, five out of five. It all goes a long way, trust me. Just like the dumb shit we do on Instagram with, hey, save my post now because it's better for the algorithm. Same thing for us. The more ratings and reviews we have on the podcast platforms, the better positioned our show will be when some sucker types in Star Wars podcasts. When we flip to YouTube, the concept is similar. Be subbed, like the videos, comment, turn on notifications, all right? I mean, outside of going to Manscaped and getting some kick-ass shit for 20% off using code SWTS and free shipping with that deal, we don't ask you for much. If you're going to give us money, you'll be getting products to make your balls look pretty and smell yummy. Otherwise, we just ask for the interaction, the stumping, the promotion in your stories. Keep it up. All right? You big accounts, trust me, people will listen to your recommendations and then it's on us to keep them here i get that i've scared people away hell even johnny osage one a friend of the show who said that star wars time has become scheduled listening for him he said it was hard to get into it at first because of me so i get it we need you to bring us the people and i need to figure out a way to not look like such a jerk off to keep the people okay StarWarsTime.net. There's always time, people. There is always time for Star Wars time. You dig? All right. Besides, if you do listen to the Star Wars time show, the Force will be with you. Always. Always.